Welcome to episode 391 of the Overlook Hour. I'm your host, Clark Little. Along with me, as always, is the man sitting across the table from me. He is wearing his gas station bought <laughs> Texas Chainsaw Massacre shirt for a price that I thought was a little too high. I would say five bucks max is what that's worth. But we know that scary hat that he is donning is worth a whole lot more. It's Russell John the Fisherman. Dude, you're totally right. I'm wearing like a $100 fit right now. <laughs> Dude, you are a hype beast today. I have a hat that I kind of hate that just says scary embroidered on it. <laughs> and then I have a gas station Texas Chainsaw Massacre <laughs> Also joining us from Atlanta, Georgia. He just told us before he came on microphone with us that he is in a different room of the house because the room that he normally records in was mad cold. And so now he is in a room that has a window where within three minutes of him being inside that room, took off his sweater. Now from going to mad cold to mad hot, it's Randy Michael Stamp. That's me, and uh, I'm always mad hot, if you know what I'm saying. But yeah, it was a little too cold in my uh, my spare room slash office slash music room uh, because it has two windows that are both old windows that are like a little, uh, you know, they let air in and out pretty easily, and it's right, the crawl space is right under it, so it has like the most airflow underneath the house. <laughs> so I still, I, I, I got, I, uh, I spent... A good 2K on um, the uh, insulation for the top of my house, my attic recently, but I still need to get the bottom of my house insulated. Oh, my uh, God. I love it. I love <laughs> homeowner Randy. Homeowner yeah. Randy, has you've turned into a boomer dad <laughs> so quickly. Oh, my God. There's so many things I wanted to interject with, but you were on a roll. I just couldn't break. I, wanted I, had, to I had to just keep going. God damn. Uh, it's good to have the band. Is that a back new together. bit you guys were working on? This was good. No, it's, it's good just my life now. Homeowner Randy. <laughs> Homeowner Randy. Dude, that's the segment. Oh, come on, you were on a roll too. What happened? You lost momentum? No, I just everybody took a weird like everybody like sat back <laughs> like we had just finished Thanksgiving dinner and I didn't know what to do. But I know what to do now. Oksana Valerinova Osachi is joining us. Hello. Hi. Oksana, how are we? Great. Everybody feeling good? Feeling yeah. Great? You know, I meant to cut you off earlier, but you you got me with that, uh, you know, pointing out my costly uh, fit I'm wearing right now. Yeah. But I do have important family news. Hell yeah. Oh, you know, it didn't work. <laughs> damn my damn stinger. Hold on. Important family news. God, it was so important. Family news with Russell Fisher. Yeah, now, again, I missed last week. I didn't listen to the episode, so I'm a little behind. I'm curious what you guys did, but I had to take a break. Something happened in my family. It's a big deal. And we, I'm just going to come out and say it. My dad's not Irish. It's tearing the family Ooh. apart. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. Now, I realize this might be a little bit of an inside thing, but... Let me just run through our family history and how it's rocked the, the ground that it was built on. My parents were married on St. Patrick's Day. Uh, he named both his daughters Irish names, like Kaylee. Like, that's not American. 
Also, he was pushing me to name my son Ian. Also, oh, Oksana had a baby. Kay- Kaylee Shillelagh. Kaylee Shillelagh. Kaylee Shillelagh. Uh, and it, everything, his whole identity, half of his wardrobe, his yeah. green shirts. He's one of those annoying guys that's always drinking a Guinness and then he'll tell you about Ireland. He's never been there. He's also very inexperienced. <laughs> Boom. That so great. He had, he had a shirt that was green and said Ireland on it. Uh, this is where we're at in the family household. Also the Irish yoga one, which is a drunk guy falling oh, for a keg God. or something. They're all like that. <laughs> also, he, he, he loves rugby. He's also two feet tall and guards a pot of gold. <laughs> but the thing is, my mom made him take an Ancestry.com or whatever test. And he came back on the bottom of the list was Irish at 1%. <laughs> He's fucking furious. It is the best thing. It you know it truly is a, a a grand day for the Fisher clan. I don't know if we can be called that anymore. <laughs> we might be a tribe or something. Actually, I think he might be a oh, maybe me and you are incestuous because he's Eastern Bloc Jewish now. Oh boy. Apparently oh. by 15%. <laughs> Incestry.com. This is Oh, a- damn. Right? <laughs> Hell yeah. <laughs> yeah, that idiot. God, think if I would have named that little baby Ian. I would have been furious. <laughs> and Randy would have loved it. I, you know, I thought about it. I was like, you know, he, we gave him a middle name to honor Oksana's family. And then I was like, you know, I feel kind of bad because my dad was, now we know it's Jewish guilt. He was laying it on thick. Also, his last name is Fisher. So. What does that mean? That's your, that's your dad's last name. Is that not Irish? Because oh I'm actually 15% Irish. Hey, do the math on that. <laughs> yeah, but he's Norwegian. It's all very boring. But that had. Oh, my God. Uh, I, you know, uh, this is going to be a weird one because my movie roundup is going to be something I'm calling the TCM roundup, where I'm going to talk about 42 movies that a I watched. TCM round. Oh, yeah. Yeah. There's a stinger, too. Actually, you know, while I was away, I'm sure you guys crafted a beautiful show. How did you all treat Lynch? Oh, poorly. Poorly, <laughs> yeah. Elderly uh, abuse. <laughs> I usually share my browser audio, and I think because Clark wasn't plugged in via USB, he wasn't getting my browser audio. So uh, I, I, he couldn't hear Lynch when I was playing it. So we just cut it essentially. So you didn't pick him up from the airport. Uh, oh no. no, he he always <laughs> takes the uh, takes a lift ride, and then he um, expenses it on our car. Uh, dude, part of the producer duty is to go pick him up. No, that was all. You should listen to the episode. Randy walked you through the whole thing. <laughs> Randy's very white glove service over there. All right. Because he was a little pissy when I called him today. But again, oh, Oksana heart. picked him up. So there will be Lynch, whatever they did last week. I don't know. God, She just popped a baby out. You're going to make her pick up this old man once a week. Well, priorities, Clark. Uh-huh. <laughs> also, I got a new segment that you all can look forward to, but I'm going to need your help. It's going to be a collaborative segment. Okay. I was working on this. It was inspired while we were in the hospital for a week, which I'll, uh, you know, we'll talk about at the end. But God, there's a lot to, t- yeah. Let me just, I want to, I'm going to tease the stinger of this segment. And you guys are going to have to help me populate it. Remember, I got a movie at, at four, four o'clock. Four, no, 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 no. 420. Oh my God. How did I forget? Yeah, bro. Well, it's always 420 in this fucking household with you here. So. <laughs> and just for people listening, it is not even one yet. So if we get close to 420, we're having a good time. No, the movie starts at 420. Oh, and, God. So you got to be there at 220? No, because it's in Sacramento. Wait, what? <laughs> you liar. Okay. 
All right. Are you ready? I can tell you're nervous that I have a new segment that uh-huh. I'm going to start doing. But I'm going to need your help because you're an aficionado when it comes to this kind of a uh, this kind of film. All right, mission. Do you have any idea? No. Any clues? Porn. Randy, I'm not asking you because you might have looked in the email. I didn't. Cool guy cinema. Oh, Randy, Hell yeah. Randy fucking gets it. Yeah. Because we're going to start doing the cool guy clip of the week, as I call cool guy cow. Fuck you, fuck ball. <laughs> uh, oh, I'll talk about <laughs> Because I realized what I fucking hate about cool guy movies when we were in the hospital. I think it was like week or day three. There's a movie that popped on that I'll bring up later. Oh, my God. I, I was furious. I'm like, this is what I fucking hate yeah. about cool guy movies. I, we may share it. All right. All right. Yeah. But um, fuck. OK. So to get back three episodes ago. Was that three? No, this would be counting this one. We did the TBR number three episode where you were caught in traffic. Yeah. So it's been a while since me and you have been in the room. I do not want to talk about that day. Okay. Just so people know, because I think people thought I was lying. Yeah. Like that you were locked up in a room or you're down in the creepy dungeon. So I, for two weeks, I had to commute to Santa Cruz, California. And if you know anything about Santa Cruz, California, um, it is the taint of Satan. And (laughs) to drive there... Uh, you have to, um, you know, submit a pound of flesh. Or uh, literally take Devil's Pass. Yes, which, yeah. <laughs> to and from. And uh, highways, Highway 17 uh, truly is Satan's urethra. And you are the piss. And <laughs> I don't know. I'm running out of <laughs> uh, Yeah, uh, it took me three hours to get home. And for reasons I do not know. And I had to go down a horrific horrifying side mountain road it was raining it was dark there were tree branches and there were a hundred of us <laughs> and it was oh god dude it, I, it is weird because it's like a horror movie mountain pass but there's traffic dude. like you never see that in the movie and yeah santa cruz again it's it's like a fucking sojourn to get down there so it feels like you're in socal it is beautiful it is. It's very beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> the people, how are they? Dude, it, well, everyone has, they definitely, without question, have an inferiority complex. Why? I thought it, if I was living down there, I would think it was cool. Like, oh, yeah, we're doing the right thing. We're in California, but we're like hidden. Any t- yeah, but then, you know, in, the, attacking the city. Yeah. You know. That's oh, just, of course. Yeah. yeah. But that's what you would do. Yeah, exactly. That's what I'm saying. Because it's too far to drive up there. Exactly. So you're like, fuck I it. I don't want to be there. I get it. They got the Lost Boys, dude. They made it out there. Dude, Lost Boys sucks. <laughs> <laughs> I don't give a fuck about no. What's the other movie Trump that boy. I always call Get Out? Uh, Criminal Minds. Us. <laughs> Us, yeah. Us, yeah. I can never remember. Oh, no. Criminal Minds is, I was thinking of the Santa Cruz. Yeah, me too. But you were talking about us. Yeah. I'm sorry. I, I missed us. <laughs> well, I missed us, too. I'm glad I'm back. Thank you. <laughs> no, and um, yeah, so that happened. Then um, the following week, me and Oksana were gone. We'll get into that later on. Uh, God, and I did listen to that episode. 
Y'all sounded bored. <laughs> Randy sounded bored. I was trying to help it. I, you know what I missed was Randy talking about something in the earth, something in the something dirt. Something yeah. in the dirt. Every time that title makes me think of that. Thank you. Yeah, Randy. Um, it's funny because you're talking about how you needed a little bit more. Yeah, you're like, I need something. And here's the thing, I think. First off, I kind of agree with you. It didn't work for me. Mm-hmm. But I think you have to be a dude who, or or anybody, you could be a female, you could be transitioning. It's for anybody who Hell is yeah. deeply into ARG kind of shit. Because okay. I, think, I think that movie is layered like 48 times over. Yeah. And, um, you know, the thing that Benson and Moorhead, the, the, why I love them is because they kind of exist in the found footage world, but they're a little bit outside of it. Like they're even more meta. Like yeah. when you watch Resolution, that could be, a, you could make an argument that that is an in-world camera movie. And it's all about people finding footage. And it's like, that's cool if you want to give it that time. But when that movie came out, it was like, it had a terrible cover and it was released in Walmart. So it's like the, you know, it, it was hard for it to find its audience where something in the earth, in the dirt. God, why do I keep saying that? Was that that um, Wheatley movie? In the earth. Oh, yeah. in the earth. Yeah. Yeah. Ben Wheatley. Um, Your favorite. Who's clearly into psychic, what psychotropics? Is that what it's called? Randy? Psychedelics? I don't know what it's about. He's got to be a fucking mushroom wizard. I'm sure. Hell yeah. yeah. Who are you going to be on the JRE soon? How is that not? Well. God, how terrible of an episode would that be? <laughs> Rogan trying to talk about that. Yeah, man, it's a good movie, man. He's like, Avatar 2's coming out. <laughs> yeah, <man. laughs> Wait, <laughs> is he Pakistani? I know, I can't. <laughs> See, you're doing the Tim Dillon impression yeah. of Rogan. Yeah, man. But then you got in my head because I kept saying Mon, and you're like, what is he, Jamaican? <laughs> so now I, I just go and I flail. Um, You would say flail. Yeah. <laughs> it's my favorite weapon. Uh. Yeah, I don't know. So, Randy, I think you're totally right. It's just not a movie that really worked for either of us. Like, I got excited. Now, the way we watched it was we were actually trying to get it for the last of, and we had an opportunity, and they were down, but it would have been the premiere. And I believe XYZ put it out, and they're like, no, we're not premiering with you. But we have this other movie, and then that's how we got another movie. That's the fun world of uh, networking with film. Yeah. But... I was watching it and I was kind of stoked to, for it to be a ghost hunter movie. And it's not really a ghost hunting movie. Look, I also didn't notice that our director buddy was in it either. Randy until I looked it up after. Oh yeah. From uh, the midnight swim, Sarah yeah. uh, Adina Smith. Yeah. We talked to her on here too. go listen to episode Oksana. You should have had this pulled up. <laughs> <laughs> Look, here's the deal. Benson Moorhead are nerds. Okay. And they're not welcome on the show anymore. <laughs> episode 314. Oh, damn. Look, she was ready. Anyway, go listen damn. to that. TBR, me and Thomas. I felt like I make Tom a little bit uncomfortable because I wanted to talk about philosophy. I wanted to dig deep into the culture. And Tom, you know, he's kind of a blue-collar workman who's out. Uh, dude, I also I talked to him for another hour after that. and He was spilling the tea about that movie he's on. They're doing a... <laughs> what is spilling the tea? Oh, my God. You need to get into drag culture, dude. No, I know about spilling the tea. I'm British. <laughs> you idiot. Yeah. Suck, All right. on, suck on that. All right. Russell's dad. <laughs> Are you sure? You haven't done a fucking ancestry either. I have horrible skin. I know what I am. Okay. That's fair. All right. Yeah. I guess the rest of the shit I'll talk about um, 
when it comes to my movie time, which I'm going to warn you now, there is a new movie out, The Menu. Normally, me and Oksana Terrell, we would have went to watch it. But again... Oh, very interesting how I'm left out. Yeah, because you don't usually come. Here, here's how it goes. You'll text <laughs> Oksana, hey, I want to go to that. I bought a ticket. And then I'll, Oksana will text me, Clark's coming. I'm like, oh, cool. He's probably not, though. And she's like, no, he bought a ticket. I'm like, that doesn't mean anything. And True. she's like, yeah, you're right. And then we get home. You don't even mention it. You come down, you're cooking like potato skins that you only eat four of. And then we leave. And Oksana's like, did you even ask him? I'm like, he's not going. Okay. First of all, number one, <clears throat> there were a dozen potato skins. <laughs> I ate a lot of those potato skins. Number two, this probably happens once a quarter. Um, were they TGI Friday potato skins? No, no, it's a different brand. Okay. I usually go with the uh, TGI Fridays. These are different. I don't hate them. I don't know if I like them anymore. I did add a little bit more cheese, uh, so that uh, helped out a little bit. But they're From smaller. Under? I do like the TGI Fridays potato skin. Yeah, yeah they same. kind of cornered that market. It's weird. Yeah. I love a potato skin. Having worked at TGI Fridays for a while, we used to get the potato skins and dip them into the uh, spinach dip. We, dude, you just get weird when you have like a limited menu for a long time. Hell yeah. Yeah. It As was a reminder, my movie's at 420. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm done. All right. All right, let's bring him in. Okay. You're not going to give him an intro? No, fuck him. All right. Well, the he new fucked us last week. The new member of the family, Little Cliff, uh, he's got one new talent, and he's a huge fan of Eraserhead. <laughs> and he just parodies that little alien baby. All night. He nails it. It's a perfect, it's spot on. <laughs> he really does. And Can I try? Can I try? Go ahead. <clears throat> it's like he's like he's throwing it. Yeah. It, <clears throat> it's it's like supposed to be irritating, but it's cute. Yeah. That's why we don't feed him, because we like him to do the impression. Randy, the try to give your your eraser bed baby cry. I'm I'm good. I don't think my voice goes that high. <laughs> All right. Instead, uh do Trump saying eraser head. I don't know if I could do that either. Oh my damn it, Randy. Damn, double back out? <laughs> Normally, <laughs> what the hell? I've only Randy. done a good Trump like twice and it happens sporadically. I, I'm, I don't work well under pressure. Also, if you were doing it well, we wouldn't ask you to do it. <laughs> True. You'd be, be touring the country. Uh, look, that's what, look, let me tell you something. I'm the fucking point guard of this show. You understand? <laughs> Even if I know he's not going to hit the shot, it's going to be entertaining. <laughs> it's going to bounce off the backboard and hit the person in the head. Oh, okay. So you're more of a globe trotter than Hell, an NBA. We are the globe trotters, <laughs> yeah. dude. You're just putting on a fucking well, we're more like we're more like, you know, Meadowlark Lemons traveling circus or whatever. Oh, man. You know what's funny is if you look up American history and you X. see when all when it, before it was the NBA and it was all Jewish run, it was all Jewish players. Oh, my dad might have basketball. We should give him a basketball. <laughs> Anyway, <laughs> the Jews do love basketball. Do well, they used to be good at boxing too. Uh, Still what, are. What the hell was that book I was reading? The Renegade History of America or something? I don't know. Anyway, uh, Racerhead is a fantastic film. It is the way you do black and white cinema. Again, the Lighthouse should have watched it. Whoever, who, whatever god awful director worked on that film should have watched Racerhead. Learn texture. Learn how to really dig deep into black and white. Learn how to explore the themes of a colorless world, which he did. Yeah, and the baby really helps because I think the baby feels a little alien. 
what doesn't feel alien is having David Lynch back here today. And uh, he did not Uber. Oksana picked him up. Let's go ahead and uh, bring him in. Good morning. It's November 20, 2022, and it's a Sunday. Day two of weekend projects, and the fun work train is rolling continuously. Oh, yeah. Today, <laughs> I'm once again headed to one of the seven dining cars, <laughs> and I'm going to get a hot coffee and a cookie. <laughs> I might take a... Oh thing of popcorn thing <laughs> but for sure later on i'm gonna have uh, sure. a sandwich <laughs> and a piece of blueberry pie hell blueberry. yeah hell good all right go ahead dude it's a great work train <laughs> <laughs> everyone okay have a great day dude. did he get some like ivermectin or something he's like full of energy man Dude, I'm glad he's starting to count the cars again, too. That was one of my favorite things when he was like, he almost had a list like Randy talking about the room he's in, <laughs> talking about the kind of walling, the crawl space. Well, let me tell you something. I didn't, I didn't think I could like him more, but the fact that he went blueberry pie today yeah. over cherry pie. Thumbs and a sandwich. Wait. Yeah, what the hell was that? I want a sandwich. <laughs> I just want to know what kind of sandwich he's he's working with. Is he a vegan? Oh. He's vegan, right? Yeah, it's probably some no. arugula paste fucking slop. Vegan? Okay. I don't know. I think because he does TM, I assume he's vegan, which is... Uh... <laughs> oh, speaking of TM, did you see that Kurt Dunnigan had Seinfeld on? Kyle Dunnigan Kyle, is God. his name. I combine the two all the time. Kurt... Kurt Hammett? No, not Kurt Hammett. All the, yeah, Cliff them all. Um, no, what? Who is his buddy? Kerp. Yeah, Kerp. Kerp Metzger. Metzger. God, dude, I feel weird. I stopped. Now we were in the hospital for a week. I didn't have any of my vitamins, any of my my luxury supplements, any of my brain kettlebell. Wait, what? <laughs> didn't have your kettlebell. I didn't have either kettlebell because I have two. Randy, one of them I don't use after I hurt my back doing it, but I got to get back into it. Yeah, I don't know. I feel like my memory's slipping, so it's gonna be a fun day. Yeah, your memory is slipping. Did you watch that one with Seinfeld though? No, I Dude, saw it popped up. It's good All because right. I thought it was gonna be him just riffing against a video, but like Seinfeld called in, and they do. Dude, it's it's funny. I highly recommend. Seinfeld's that. a sociopath. Yeah, but he <laughs> he he fucks with them. So All he's right. on there for a game show. Of course, Seinfeld has been fucking everybody for years. Yeah, no, but it, that's he's what pulling means. the string. But you know, if he came over here today, like if David Jerry. Lynch called out and he came in, I would be completely polite to that dude, even if he was mean to me. Seinfeld? Yeah. Oh yeah. He's royalty. I'd... He's a scary man. Yeah, that too. He might be related to my dad. <laughs> Randy, your thoughts on Jerry Seinfeld being a possible sociopath and maybe uh, allegedly a murderer? I uh, haven't heard any of those two things, but uh, I respect the man. I love the show. And, uh, you know, I, I'm i okay with his stand-up that I've seen. I know a lot of people don't like it, but, uh, you know, I like I like Seinfeld. Once again, Randy not understanding the concept of trying to go viral. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but you have to watch it because they're playing for a turkey dinner. It's like, we're going to give a kid a turkey <laughs> dinner. And then they have a video 
because they have the kid on there and he's covered in dirt in like a basement. He's like, please, Mr. Seinfeld, I want to eat. <laughs> Dude, and Jerry just like riffing is something you don't normally is he play see. Is uh, Donegan playing Stallone? Yeah, he's okay. Stallone. And, and Jerry, of course, because he's kind of a dick, He's like, eh, you're slipping a little bit. You're going a little Philly now. <laughs> or like, you know, and he's just, dude, it's good. All right, no no more tangents. All right, here we go. I don't, where are we going? Are we doing any more segments? <laughs> I don't know. Let me look it up. No, there's no more. I do have a TBR. If you listen to that TBR episode, he did send it to me. I've been figuring it out, though. So next week, we'll we'll be back with the TBR. But I don't have that this week. I did promise that before I vanished. Yeah, a lot of promises oh, were made. And a lot of promises, too. <laughs> Tiny Cinema. Uh, I just remembered before recording that we had teased that before Clark vanished and then I vanished. So maybe we should rewatch it again. And so then Tiny Cinema vanished. <laughs> so if you can find its whereabouts, uh, please contact us at 1555ROCK155ROLL. Wow. you. <laughs> <laughs> I like to fall asleep and lose interest in the middle of bits. You still had a punchline though, and it caught me off guard. I, I know I finished. <laughs> I was like, you know what? We're gonna limp to the finish line. <laughs> All right, now Randy, speaking of limp, we're gonna bring you in here. Nice, love that segue. <laughs> <laughs> Randy, how's your week? Uh, it was a it was a decent week. I don't know. I feel like I already forgot everything that happened except for the uh, last two days. Oh, I almost spit up on myself. Also, I do have um, puke on my shirt too. Oh shit! I forgot I was going to talk about the World Cup. Okay. <laughs> well, we can cut Randy's segment so you can make the movie. You can no, talk I'll talk about. about it. I guess I'll briefly mention my segment. <laughs> do it um, in your part. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Okay. All right, Randy, leave that <laughs> in. Will do. <laughs> All right. So, what was you said? You didn't remember the rest of the week except for the last two days. Now, is that just because you have a forty-eight hour capacity on your memory, or did something uh, memorable happen in these last forty-eight hours? Uh, I think it's more that uh, I, I don't have a great memory, and that uh, my days uh, during the week happen to be pretty much the same. So, yeah, I don't think anything eventful happened. And uh, I saw a couple movies, and I uh, I had what a couple. I had what a couple of FaceTimes with my uh, my sister and my nephew. That was nice. Uh, no Jim, Randy. What's happening there? You gave up. What, what about November, dog? Are you going no nut November? <laughs> no, I uh, I failed that within the first 10 hours, probably. Yeah. They still haven't found her body. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I still do some push-ups and uh, some little kettlebell workouts uh, here oh. and there, but not not a whole lot. Did you get Randy on the kettles? Uh, I've had one for a while. A long time ago, yeah. It's what, small. It's only 15 pounds, but I'm also a small man, so I think it works. Yeah, it should be fine. No, it's good. Yeah. How, what, 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 uh, what's your regimen with the kettles? Uh, I'm not a very regimented person. I kind of like to you know, live by the uh, seat of my pants. Is that what the, they say? Nope. <laughs> <laughs> nope, they say fly by the seat of your pants. Fly by the seat of my pants. So yeah, I, you know, I I've looked up a couple of videos before, and I just kind of take those uh, and kind of mix them up every once in a while. Oh, you need to send him that. Uh, I did. Okay, did yeah. you see that bananas? Uh, that should that bananas kettlebell workout, but uh, that should be shown in film classes all over the United States. I have not. No. What are you talking about? Now I don't know if I sent it to him. 
that crazy Russian video on okay, YouTube. Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, he he did send me that. Uh, I don't know, a year ago, something like that. Yeah, yeah it was a while ago. When when I was talking about kettlebells, Chad sent it to me from Scary Thoughts. That's right. He, he was like, "Here's he's like just this video, and you're good." Yeah. He's like, "You can expand." So I passed that, that on. Yeah. It is a good video. It's kind of like one of those '90s workout videos where he's in like a military barracks. That yeah, yeah. There's set design and shit, but he's got no. There's no comedy in him, so it's weird. Yeah, he's an angry Russian dude. It's perfect. Yeah, there's no comedy in Russia. Oksana. <laughs> um, apparently, Ukrainians love to tell jokes and comedy and stuff. Yeah, so much that he's elected yeah. Zelensky. Yeah, so <laughs> duh. There you go. <laughs> By the way, is the war still going on? Oh yeah, uh, no, they they hugged it out. <laughs> it's over. <laughs> Wouldn't that be a gas? Yeah. Hey fellas, you know what? <laughs> Whew, this has been a tough run. Yeah, let's done. just hug it out, B. No, last I heard that a uh, missile hit Poland, so NATO may get involved. Ooh, NATO, <laughs> the North American <laughs> Treaty Organization. NATO, Caitlin. What? Nato Caitlin? Nato Caitlin? Come on, you all don't know Cato Caitlin? I do. Oh, come on. Bah, 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 bah. That's dark. All right. Actually. Oh, Randy. I wanted, Okay, that's not bad. Yeah, that's good. All right, I'm back in. Also, Randy. <laughs> uh huh. I, I meant to text you that you need to get a Keanu Reeves uh, clip. So anytime we, we talk about neo noir or something, we can, uh, we <laughs> just can play any that. neo clip. Yeah. Neo-noir. Because I did listen to that last episode. Y'all did. And you mentioned neo-noir. And also, you said I graduated with 3,000 people in my class. I thought that's what you said. No. Seems seems like a lot. That's a lot. I think it might have started with like... Yeah, but you say wild shit all the time. It was 30,000 people I graduated (laughs) with. (laughs) And there we are. We're back. Randy, you didn't... You're not running around Atlanta... You're living your same life every week. Yep. <laughs> how's how's the grass doing in the in the winter? Uh, it, it's still full of leaves currently. I need to uh, do some more boring homeowner stuff and uh, clean it clean it up a little bit. Yeah, let's break them leaves, son. Yeah, it's been too cold, so I've just been lazy and watching a bunch of uh, movies. All right, well that's a good segue to set us up. For what movies you've been watching in lieu of raking your leaves. Yeah, sir. Yeah, you mentioned the the uh, kettlebell video that should be shown in film classes. I watched a, uh, a documentary that I feel like would be, I would have loved to see uh, in film classes when I was uh, going to community college. <laughs> it's, yeah. uh, it's directed by Elvis Mitchell. It just came out on Netflix. It's called, Is That Black Enough for You? And Whoa. it is a, yeah. Elvis Mitchell, Elvis Mitchell, the film critic? Yeah, from KCRW's the the treatment podcast and radio oh, show. I he direct okay, all right, Elvis. Yeah, um, so I it's been a while since I've listened to the treatment. It's been a while, um, but yeah, I <laughs> I used to listen to the treatment a lot and really like Elvis Mitchell and uh, just think he has really good uh, interviews with uh, people in the film industry and TV industry and everything. And uh, yeah, he did this uh, documentary essentially. Uh, about black cinema and mostly focusing from the years 1968 to 78. Uh, a lot of black blaxploit- exploitation stuff. And he kind of like, uh, he's telling it in sort of like a personal direction. Like he starts about how like 
his uh his parents like kind of got into movies and stuff and how he got into movies and how even like Hitchcock has like uh a lot of you know like classic directors had um scenes that like you know had blackface like there's a blackface scene in a Hitchcock movie and he's like growing up I knew that these directors were like idols and everything but like even they had like some like problematic stuff in it so the first like maybe 45 minutes is kind of like not super focused on like the black exploitation era but the last hour or so is and there's so many titles in this movie that I had never heard of before uh, a lot of actors he does cover like a lot of the uh you know the big ones like coffee and like shaft and um all that stuff but um yeah his uh his just like very encyclopedic encyclopedic knowledge of uh just the genre and sort of the time period and then also hearing him kind of talk about sort of his personal just sort of journey with film uh in general was really great there are a lot of interviews with um people like uh Samuel L Jackson, Harry Belafonte, uh Whoopi Goldberg, Lawrence Fishburne uh kind of talking about their experiences with film uh and stuff in general and uh Belafonte yeah, Belafonte's in it. Hell yeah. Um, but yeah, it's super good. It's really good. It's like a little over two hours, but uh, it really flew by for me. Um, like I said, it, it is very educational. So if it's not, if you're looking for something a little more entertaining, it's it's not really that. But I, like I said, it would be great to see this. Like I did learn a little bit about black exploitation uh, film in community college, but um, yeah, even that kind of covered like the most like Pam Greer and... Um, all that stuff. Like I think we watch coffee in a class. Um, but yeah, seeing something like this would be like really great for a, uh, you know, a budding film, uh, lover. Did you yeah. ever drink coffee in a class? Um, probably not. I don't know if I was super into coffee when I was in community college. I did. I got into it later. Also, I probably would have had to pee like five times if I did. So yeah. Coffee piss is the worst. All right, Randy, what, what is the tone of this film? Is it like, look at how terrible America was, or is it kind of more of a appreciation for the subgenre? Appreciation. Yeah, more of the latter. Um, oh, good. He does, you know, like I said in the beginning, he does kind of get a little, like, critical of just sort of, like I said, like how even Hitchcock has, like, a uh, blackface scene, like the drummer in, uh, I forget yeah. what movie that is, but it's like a really great, like, long shot. Um, yeah, and it, it zooms in on the drummer. Yeah. Because, yeah, I, you know, it's funny. I don't even remember what movie that is, but every time I watch it, I'm like, oh, shit. Yeah, the blackface. <laughs> it's yeah. just kind of there. It's, you know, it's interesting. Earlier in the show, I mentioned the history book I was reading, and they get into blackface. And I think what modern culture kind of frames blackface is, is a, that's a win for like conservative America because blackface. It never, like, I never understood. I'm like, there's nothing funny about it. If it's just mean-spirited humor, something is wrong with America. But when you look at what it was, like, minstrel bands, it was yeah. actually white people wishing they were black. So they would do blackface and throw parties like they were on a plantation. Oh, like Bad Baby. Yeah, like Bad Baby. <laughs> She's black now. Dr. Phil regularly attended. But, no, it was it was kind of a... um. Like back then when America was trying to figure out its culture, it didn't want people partying. Like we eliminated all holidays. People worked all day because we were like terraforming a like land. And it was, you know, they're like, if you danced back then, they said you were a Satan worshiper. So like minstrel shit was terrible. So now whenever I look at this stuff, I'm like, God, I feel like that conservative argument has won. 
Although, I mean, it is, it's weird because then you start thinking about Jimmy Kimmel doing Shaq. You remember that? That was like a regular bit, wasn't it? When he was in blackface. Was that on the man show? I, I don't, I don't remember. I don't like Jimmy yeah, Kimmel, I but I remember that. Yeah. Or like Tropic yeah. Thunder, I think is the last time we ever really get it. Or no, what's um what's that Australian comedian that we both like? Chris Lowy. Yeah, he got away with it, and it's funny because if you go in his YouTube videos, it's all people like I'm black. This is fine. Well, he's been doing it forever. Yeah, but he did it, he did it with the he's been doing that uh, Tonga kid forever. Well, it, I don't. He's got a black kid too, who's like a, an an influencer. That's the, no, the Tonga kid is another one. Uh, yeah. Yeah, there's two characters. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, he's been doing this for probably yeah. 20 years. So, you know, I only brought this up not to be like, actually, blackface is good. It's yeah. just I like a real conversation about it. And sure. I hate that, that white guilt narrative that takes over. It's like problematic. Get it out of here. Hey, let me tell you something. It helps when it's funny. And that's true. And still, when it's not mean, like if it's all in love and like, I mean, not that I'm going to come out with blackface next time we record or something, but yeah, I, and I only bring that up because when I get into TCM later, yeah, it's funny because modern TCM is really like they're, they have to deal with that. Well, with that jerk off sure. Mankiewicz. Oh, Mankiewicz is there. Also um, jerk off. My mom is a defender of Mankiewicz. Of Mank of Wankel. Yeah. We'll, we'll get into, we'll get into it later, but um, nope. yeah, no, a lot of TCM, they have what they call reframing. Yep. It's like series they do where it's all like, we're looking back because they have a unique problem where it's not like they're going to get more movies they can show. They're kind of trapped in this era, right? So it's like, we got to deal with it somehow. And they actually have some pretty good like conversation on it because yeah. if they were just going to damn it, it's like, okay, well, now we're not showing Hitchcock. It's like, what would that be? Yeah, no, it's really interesting. I That's like the only thing I watch when I go like back or when I would go back to my parents' house because uh, they have regular TV and I don't get to see TCM. Yeah. And in the last couple of years, I've caught a couple of those segments. And it is like the way that I feel like you should do it, you know? Like let yeah. people know like this was made like, you know, 70 years ago and uh, this is kind of what we were dealing with and kind of, uh, yeah, the way they frame it is, is just really great. Yeah, like, oh, the director got a lot of shit for putting this in the movie, but they were a fan. Although they, they do get a little worshipful, like... It is a cult of Sidney Poitier. They fucking oh, yeah. worship him. Well, yeah. he's fucking tight. He is tight. But it's one of those things where it's like when something's good and then everybody agrees it's good and then they triple down on it being good, then I start to hate it. Yes, that's, that's, that's the I'm world. Sorry, I'm a, that's I'm a, show I'm a, business. <laughs> I'm a contrarian. So like, I felt like they built a little pedestal and they had him up on there. That's show business. And I'm just like, my God, can you all chill, please? That's how like, it goes, baby. Okay. All right. I'm sorry, Randy. Hey, he's no, coming. No, good. It, this shit looks good, though. I totally want to watch this. It is, yeah. And the, you know, that sort of topic that we're talking about um, in that scene or like, you know, a couple minutes of the movie, they have an interview with Samuel L. Jackson. And he's like, even though there was like stereotypical stuff that was like heightened in like cartoons and that, you know, there was certain stuff in movies that like, you know, isn't as nuanced as it is today. He's like, I still looked up to those people or I like wanted to be those people or showed me that, you know, potentially I could be in movies and stuff like that. So it was like, although what they were depicting was problematic, it still kind of like inspired some people or was like some people still got stuff out of it. So it's kind of interesting. Like Postmodern po problematic. We need to figure out how to mend that. 
those yeah. words together to make postmodern, post. Oksana, yep, get to, you got you got some mending. <laughs> mending is a first level spell in D anD D. Randy, fix- <laughs> movie number two. Uh, yeah, I saw a film at the Plaza Theater that I'd been seeing some previews for uh, that looked. Rather interesting. Uh, it's called Please, Baby, Please. Uh, came out this year, directed by Amanda Kramer. And it stars Andrea Riseborough, Henry Melling, who I guess is in a bunch of Harry Potter movies that I never saw, <laughs> and uh, Demi Moore. And uh, essentially, this movie uh, is like a very th- theatrical-looking, um, like there's a lot of like neon lights and everything looks like sets, but essentially it takes place in Manhattan in like 1950s uh, and Andrea Riseborough and Harry Melling's character in the beginning, they run into some um, greaser looking street toughs. One of them who is played, <laughs> one of them who is played by um, what's his name? Carl Guzman. He's in um, love the oh, Gaspar Noe film. And uh, so essentially they're outside of their apartment. They're trying to get into their apartment and they see these uh these greasers essentially beat two people up and uh they kind of have just like they kind of just stare each other down and you can tell that andrea riseborough's husband um kind of like makes eye contact with carl glusman and they kind of make eye contact back and forth and you can kind of tell that they're attracted to each other or see something in each other so this experience kind of awakens something in him and in her as well um, and then, so from there, you know, they, they run into these people, um, a couple other times, but essentially it is a movie. It's a, it's definitely like LGBTQ cinema, gay cinema. Um, it's about sort of like his character and her character sort of like examining, uh, gender issues. It doesn't get like too preachy. Like there's definitely some like stonery conversations with like them and they're like beat like friends, uh, like sort of like, you know, like beat poet friends, like having just like conversations about like. Uh, his character, you know, is a man, but he doesn't really feel very manly. And he's kind of like exploring like sort of different aspects of his personality and stuff. And, uh, Andrea Riseborough, I haven't like talked about her too much. Uh, her character is Susie in this movie. She is incredible in this movie. Um, a very like lively character. She does this really weird, like sort of like cat like thing where like she, she's like very skinny and she kind of like moves around very like cat like. And she does this like so it takes place in New York and while her husband is kind of like exploring more, I guess you would say like, um, more feminine sort of traits. She's kind of like getting a little tougher and trying to like be a little like intimidating to these, uh, these greaser gang. And she puts on like a Marlon Brando, uh, impression that is like so good. Um, yeah, I, I really like this. I saw the trailer, like I said, like two or three times before movies at, at Plaza, and I was like, this could be like good or could be just, you know, not, not great, but, um, it's really committed to its style. I really like the theatrical style. Um, when there's violence, you know, it kind of like has very economical ways of like portraying that. Like I'm guessing they didn't have a big budget, but, um, yeah, it was really good. I was really surprised by it. And I kind of want to check out more movies from, uh, Amanda Kramer. Randy, did you fail to mention this? Is this not a musical? There's musical elements for sure. Like the opening credits, there's like uh, the greaser gang are the people that it opens on and they're kind of doing like the slow, like walk, like dance thing and like doing like snaps and stuff. And can there's like one or two. Can you do that for us? <laughs> no. 
<laughs> Here's the thing. Randy was given a very thoughtful review of this movie. And I, you honestly, the best way to do it. I wish I, yeah. I wish I would have known because I would have I would have started his review with this is to put on the trailer while he's talking because it opens with a uh, greaser looking tough yeah. grabbing his crotch <laughs> and me and Clark were just laughing. The trailer it looks like a goddamn John Waters movie. It yeah. does, I, yeah. It feels kind of like, like John Waters. Uh, I don't know, West Warriors, Side West Side Story, and a little bit of like Blue Velvet. Yeah, dude, there's so much like style in there, but yeah. yet you were giving it this very like thoughtful, like it almost felt like an art house movie. You want to sell this yeah. movie to me? T- sell me John Waters does West Side Story. Oh, there you go. I'm in. <laughs> yeah. Come on. It's and got, it's got, it's got little, both uh, for sure. It's definitely like, you know, a little campy and has sort of like those like John Water, John Waters elements. But um, yeah, I don't know. It's also like very thoughtful, I feel. And um, yeah, the perform- performances are great. There's a great... Um, I guess I won't ruin it in case anybody uh, happens to find this playing near them, but there's some good cameos. There's two good cameos in the movie. Oh. All right. Does anyone eat shit? What about is no. cameo a cameo? <laughs> no, I don't know if I would know what they look like. He covered all his bases. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. Randy, that shit looks good. I, it's funny. They nailed the aesthetic of like that fifties poster so yeah. well that it almost looks like a boring movie. Like when when dude, I pulled I, it up, I was like, "Oh, what the fuck is Randy talking dude, about?" Dude, the trailer looks yeah. great. The trailer, dude, is fantastic. This, is this a VOD? What's the What's the Ricky Lake John Waters movie? Oksana, I don't know. I don't remember. Um, I don't know if this is on VOD. I think um, it technically no. opened in theaters like two weeks ago. Um. Music Box Films is putting it out, I believe, which I believe is like a Chicago um, area Hairspray. distributor. That's what it looked like to ah, me. Yeah. Hairspray. Here, there you go. That's good. Yep. It's good. I feel like, I totally feel like this would play at the Roxy and like people would love it there. Um, oh, if yeah. that gives people that are listening uh, in the Bay Area sort of like a, I don't know, a vibe. Is this the new, uh, what's that mermaid movie everybody jizzed about? The lore? The, huh? the lore? The lore. The yeah. Lure. Is this the new lore? Hello. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> I think this is this is more fun than the lore than I, from what I remember, but I would also like to revisit that movie. Let me tell you something. <laughs> I hit REM cycle sleep <laughs> watching the lore. The lore? Dude, I fell asleep within five minutes. I woke up, the credits were rolling. <laughs> that has never happened. <laughs> Ever. And you did it while we were screening it with a room full of people. Room full of people, but I had just eaten a giant <laughs> torta with both mayonnaise and sour cream. Man, I fucking hate that. You wake up and everyone's like, oh man, that was good. Dan, did you? And you're just like, dude, it's the whole I was, I knocked out. Dude, the Roxy did an extended um, stay of that movie for over a month. I know. They, that's they what were, I'm saying. It was selling out every night. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. I yeah. think it could catch that kind of fire here. Yeah, but even even the lure was kind of like <laughs> the lure was. It was almost like a um, a takedown of the Little Mermaid, the Disney one, where it was like a grotesque looking mermaid, and it was a lot of like the smelly parts of being a girl. Yeah, <laughs> I believe that was the tagline on the poster. <laughs> well, that's the name of my biopic. <laughs> also, biopic. <laughs> Biopic dog. All right. <laughs> Randy. All right. So you saw a gay movie. Cool. What else? Yep. 
uh, that's it. I, I was going to briefly talk about the menu, but I will just say that I'm the only one here that saw it so oh, far. Oh, yeah, dude. Bitch. All right, all right, all right. Give us, uh, Randy, give us a appetizer of the menu. I'll say that I'd seen this trailer for this movie for like uh, the last two months, three months, and I was getting sick of seeing it, and I didn't know if it would be good, but I went and checked it out anyways. That was pleasantly surprised. All right, how's the uh, bug-eyed skinny girl? She's good. I mean, it's basically the uh, Anya Taylor-Joy and uh, Ralph Fiennes show. They're like the best Uh-oh. and like the most... Uh, she, she's, she's the actor that looks like an anglerfish. Yeah. Right? Okay. Yeah. She's, her eyes are too far apart. I like them. Ah, they weird me out. I like them. I think the number one review of uh, The Northman on Letterboxd is somebody who just did three different sets of eyes to represent the people. And, dude, it's hilarious. Oh, boy. Also, terrible way to review a movie, which is clearly what Letterboxd is, like, turned into. I've had a couple yeah. of, like, elitists reach out to me and be like, you know, people used to actually write thoughtful reviews, not just, like, it stinks with, like, a poop emoji. <laughs> <laughs> I'm smelling the poop. All right. Uh, I want to say something about what Randy just said, but I forgot about it. The menu. about poop emojis. The menu. We talked about bug Ralph Fiennes. Yeah, Ray Fiennes. Let me tell you something. Anytime Ray Fiennes shows up, baby, it's always the Ray Fiennes show. Don't you True. forget that. You know, you're an inanimate fucking object. <laughs> In Bruges. Cool guy. Play the I know. Play the thing. <laughs> you want to hear it? Yeah. All right. Fuck you, fuckball. <laughs> there should be, you know what? God damn it. You know what? I shouldn't hear it. Let's try it again. Fuck you, fuckball. <laughs> yeah, that's good. <laughs> oh, go. apparently, um, while we're still here, please, baby, please is playing the Alamo Draft House new mission, or at least it was. Oh dang, I missed it. <laughs> it might still be played. Yeah, I'll do research while we're uh, while we're going. All right, good job. Yeah, keep being the accountant of the show. I appreciate it. <laughs> All right, here here's the deal. As we've talked about, I watch movies and I forget that I watch these <laughs> movies. So what I've done is correct that issue. You have a notepad? Here's what I did. Just write them down. <laughs> I, now, don't tell me what, don't ask me what day it was. I don't remember. I could imagine that. You write down the movie, a bowel movement, what you ate. Here's what I wrote down. Oh, no. I wrote this note on Wednesday. What does that note say? I watched Charlie Varick. There we go. <laughs> Those are my notes for this week. I watched Charlie Varick. Now, I'm going to let you, you, the listener, in behind the curtain here. Yes, believe it or not, we have a pre-show meeting of sorts. <laughs> and we talk about, we mention the movies that we have because we queue them up and uh, we want to keep everything swimmingly. And if there's any sort of surprises, we want to be sure that we know uh, how to handle those. Just like me with my different sort of of my voices to indicate surprises. Russell, how'd you... God, this shit has you written all over it. I pulled it up on IMDb. (laughs) Okay. Well, it has me written all over it. Number one, it's a great poster. You agree with that. It's a wonderful poster. Uh, It is directed by the great 
Don Siegel, mm-hmm. uh, the genius who gave us one of, uh, it, <laughs> dare I say, one of the hallmarks of cool guyness. Oh no! In Dirty Harry. Okay. Do you not agree? I haven't seen it. What is happening? <laughs> Have you? You've never seen Dirty Harry? No, I don't think so. Randy, don't don't let me down. I've at least seen parts of it. I'll accept that answer. Really? I've seen parts of it. You've you've never seen? Have you ever seen any of the Dirty Harrys? I don't think so. You're missing out, dude. They're good. They're fun. I heard they get weird deeper in the franchise. Oh, dude, the Deadpool. Actually, when we were shooting a uh, B, um, God, roll. Yeah, we were shooting B. We were shooting B roll for uh, the 48 hour film fest entry and i was out there with our uh, east bay cinematographer friend josh and i was he was just telling me where to go he had his he was leaning out the window with his camera and he was like make a left here make a right and we ended up in the mountains <laughs> and we were swerving around and he just went on this tirade about how the dirty uh, harry franchise gets off the tracks later on and started comparing them to friday the 13th man it feels like a fever dream that's what sequels do I think he was talking about part four or three. That's what franchises are. I, that's what I was telling him. I'm like, dude, that it's kind of the beauty of them. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. I, and, you know, it took me a while to, to recognize that, but that's exactly what happens. Um, now, uh, turning, making a U-turn back to Charlie Varick. Uh, this is starring one of my favorite actors of all time, Walter Matthau. Right, and he, he's got a look. Why do I know him? Ex- well, because he's one of the most famous actors of all time. Okay. Is he a doof? The Odd Couple. Oh, okay. Okay. Well, not the TV show, the film. Oh, nope. I was like, Nick at Night, got it. You know him from Grumpy Old Man. Oh, there we go. See? That's why. See, and that makes, oh God, I didn't want to say it because it <laughs> hurt me so much. Because this man is one of the greatest actors of any oh. generation. And we talk about what makes actors good. And, you know, Sure, sure. If you want to act like a gerbil and do the whole method thing, do your thing. Good product can come from that. You want to do you know, more traditional training, fine. Good product can do that. But that doesn't work for some people. Some people just have it. And they've got the natural charisma and the natural talent mm. <laughs> to do that. And then I other know. people have a combination of these things. And then other people have a face. Walter Matthau has a face. Walter Matthau's face looks like if a St. Bernard and a catcher's mitt yep. had a baby. Yeah. Like a weathered catcher's mitt that exactly. you kept under your mattress with a baseball in it. And let me tell you something. It works on film. Oh, yeah. Very well. And uh, also, women in this movie call him handsome. I don't know if I call <laughs> him handsome. But I, you know what? He's handsome. Also, but in 1973, he still he's always looked old. He looked old as a baby. Now, also joining uh, Walter Matthau in the cast is Andrew Robinson, um, who played uh, the the villain of the great Dirty Harry. He was killer. <laughs> That's why you need to see Dirty Harry because of this asshole. This okay. Andrew Robinson is fucking bananas in Dirty Harry. Uh, in fact, I think that uh, Scary Thoughts was talking about this on Instagram, and I briefly uh, ran across it. So, uh, Chad, congratulations for knowing about Andrew <laughs> Robinson, too. Thank you. Also, I didn't read the whole thing because it's Instagram, and I'm not there to 
TLDR. I'm there to just look at fat girls and titties, baby. <laughs> oh, no. I, okay, I have seen another movie he's in. Grumpier Old Men. <laughs> oh, no. IQ. He played Albert Einstein. Oh, he did. <laughs> he definitely did. That's, that's how you know you look fucked up and you're old. Also joining is Joe Don Baker, who, let me tell you, I love, I love a Joe Don Baker, all right? And he, a young Joe Don Baker, he's a giant, he's a giant man, all right? But a baby face. And he plays a very scary man in this film. He's very intimidating, uh, but he gets blown up and it's pretty funny. <laughs> Joe Don Butcher Baker. So here's what this movie is at its core. At its core, it's a heist movie. It opens with a heist. They are stealing from a bank. They make and it's a it's a great it's a great little scene. Heads up, people die. Okay. Oh shit! Because it, it, something something went wrong. All right. <laughs> of course, I thought we weren't going to use guns. Oh yeah, that sort of thing. And people die. Also, great chase scene. Uh, and then they they make it out of the mountains, and it's uh, Walter Matthau, Dirty Harry Killer, and uh, a woman that is married to Walter Matthau and she dies very quickly. So she gets shot in the gut. Now she does a great job of driving out of there and then she dies <laughs> after having the performance of her lifetime uh, driving. Um, and then they blow her up in a car bomb uh, to distract <laughs> the police. So they get there and um, lo and behold, they come across a lot of money from robbing this little small town bank. Uh, the end. Now, granted, this is 1973, uh, and they steal $750,000. Now, $750,000 in 1973, that's a good chunk of change. Yeah. And also, uh, Walter Matthau, he's been a crook for a long time, all right? So if he's a crook, and if you've been a successful crook for a long time, you ain't no dummy. So Charlie Varick says, it's mob money, son. It was a drop. So oh. the mob used the bank as a drop, and lo and behold... They were just there at the perfect time, took all that money. So then the mob's going to be like, hey, where's our money? So then you get, you get the, uh, the corporate side of things, you know, fighting up against the mob because that's where the real pressure is coming from, not from the corporations because the mob's running everything. And uh, you get that side of things, and uh, it's just it's great. It's a great little 1970s action movie. <laughs> Charlie Varick. Hold on. I, I'm doing research right now. Great ending as well. Uh, Walter Matthau does it. He's a pilot. He flies a plane. It's great, man. It's tight. Okay, what's the connection with Hellraiser? And Charlie Varick? Dude, I, because you know how like they always show trailers for other movies if you let it play too long? They went to Grumpy Old Men. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, I understand why. But it's playing Hellraiser right now. I have no idea. What's the, the one? through line here? No, the original. I don't know. The new one would be even weirder. Charlie Varick, uh, six stars. Charlie Varick, whose poster tagline is, when he runs out of dumb luck, he's always has genius to fall back on. Walter Matthau in Charlie Varick. I hate it. That's not a good <laughs> tagline. When he runs out of dumb luck, he always has genius to fall back on. So are we like elevating the criminal to like superhero status here? There's a better tagline. He stole from the mob. Now he's running for his life. That's fucking dumb. <laughs> Andrew Robinson is in Hellraiser. Wow. Good job. 
How the fuck did you figure that out? Bam. IMDb. <laughs> it's like the first thing that shows up for him. Who, who the fuck does he play in Hellraiser? It, it doesn't matter. Larry? I was just shot. <laughs> oh, Larry. <laughs> <laughs> what are you, the fucking three friends in, in New York? Joke <laughs> there we go. Them. Yeah, they're interchangeable. All right, the next thing I saw was a uh, Netflix documentary gag oh. called Pepsi, Where's My Jet? Oh, my God. Is that black enough for you? And Pepsi, where's my jet? Let, let me let me. Explain What's up with these quirky titles? Netflix says. Oh, you won't talk about quirky. <laughs> then we'll talk about Pepsi. Where's my goddamn jet? Well, I like Pepsi. Fucking <laughs> 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 <an> idiot. <laughs> One more time. No, not what. God. Well, I like Pepsi. <laughs> <laughs> It was even better because we had to wait. Yeah, because it took 10 years. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Pepsi, where's my... Let me tell you something. This thing is two hours and 37 minutes. It's broken into four episodes. On God's green earth, there is no reason for this to be two hours and 37 minutes. That's why I just... Any sort of Netflix thing... I fucking just sigh because they stretch this shit out. That's all this stupid network does now. You're watching it, it wrong. It does this bullshit fucking, they stretch and water shit out. It's either documentaries or new or some new foreign fad or some nostalgic thing for us to care about. That's it. Yeah, it. that's because you're watching it. Bullshit. It's for when you're making dinner, you put on a thing and you're walking around your house. It's content. It's not like film. Yes, no, but the, the, again, they make these things for para niños. The fuck? <laughs> for kids. Just for children. They back the whole thing is music for two hours and 37 minutes. There's music. They do some weird, like face swap shit to make them look younger. And then the reenactments make me want to throw up. I, I, it's yeah. Having said that, it's not bad, (laughs) but it's an interesting story. So, you know, if I, and also, did you know about the guy who tried to get a a, a Harrier jet from Pepsi? Why? In like 1994 oh, like or whatever. Or something? Yeah, because there was a Pepsi commercial. And at the end of the Pepsi commercial, they were like, oh, with Pepsi points for 7 million Pepsi points, you can get a Harrier jet. And so the guy figured out a way to get 7 million Pepsi points because you could buy them. So he bought Pepsi points and it cost him $700,000. And he sent a check to Pepsi for $700,000. Now he had a he had a weird hippie friend who was very rich and he helped him. That guy is probably the best part of the documentary. And then they also bring in Stormy Daniels' attorney who's in jail now, who's on house arrest. He had a big <laughs> part in this thing. He's a scumbag. And then, I, you know, look, it's it's one of those things. Anybody going up against a corporation, I'm going to pull for them. Yeah. And so, and it's also great of like Pepsi's side of things of like them trying to paint this kid in a bad light. I'm like, you're fucking Pepsi. Yeah, I know. Fuck you. Coke would have delivered. Also, so the whole, they kind of centered the whole thing around the, the Cola Wars as well. Okay. Because they was they needed to win the Cola Wars, and they were not. And Pepsi's like, we don't have cocaine, but we got a Harrier jet competition. It was also a very, um, part of the story takes place in the Philippines because they were, oh, they shit. were bringing. Oh, on? <laughs> dude. Oh, I, I, dude. I thought the same thing. <laughs> 
Dude, let me tell you something. Q definitely drinks Pepsi. There's no doubt about it. Damn. Also, everybody who they, everyone who appeared on camera, they made them do the dead. The, they made them do the Pepsi challenge. Oh, with the Coke. Mm-hmm. And it what? And so eleven people did it. Who do you think won? Coke. Coke won. Yeah. Sixty-five. Yeah. That's why they have the the patent that you know navigates around law, so they can have that uh, good cocaine flavor. Pepsi's not bad. Fuck Pepsi. It's garbage. <laughs> I hate it. I hate their commercials too. Also, you know, yeah, if, I'm, if, I'm a Coke guy. If you're gonna collect points and try and get some weird shit, smoke a cigarette. Marlboro. I have a friend who his parents were just chain smokers. He got a fucking acoustic guitar out of that deal. And it was good. It it sounded much dude. Yeah, but a Harrier jet are they're cool. I hey, acoustic guitar. <laughs> that ain't nothing to like uh what, what, I need a saying right there to bat your eyes at. Yeah. What do you say? Wu-Tang, it ain't a fart in the wind. Wu Tang ain't nothing to fuck with. I sit by the seat of my pants, as Randy would say. <laughs> <That's> right. <laughs> They're right next to him on the couch while he's sitting on the seat of his pants. Also, if it were up to me, I would prefer a less hairy jet. Oh God, a hairy, a hairy Styles jet, dude. Randy, your jet is definitely hairy, dog. <laughs> this is true. <laughs> oh, oh, okay. Here's a little bit of a tangent. Again, I'm sorry. Um, Clark showed me some videos. There's some who who is that host that has all the comedians come on? They just like fuck her show up. You were showing me that. Like Tom Segura Ellie. came on. He was playing as like a rapper. Oh no! It was just a uh, this morning show in Cleveland. Yeah, yeah. So I saw a long cut on Halloween this year where uh, De Stefano was on. Oh yeah, that was great. Dude, and it was just titled Stefano Bombs for a Half Hour. That's <laughs> <laughs> okay. But, like, the show wasn't great either. And he no. gets into, like, a weird argument with this cook guy. But, like, they have costumes, and one of them was Harry Styles, and they march out these little kids. It's hilarious. Can you make a note? Yeah. We, we got to tweet that Send out. Send me a link. Dude, it's a half hour long, and it's one of those videos where it's like, I'm going to pop in and bail. I watch the whole thing. Great. Also, he does bomb. He For shows sure. up in a hot dog costume. It's not good. <laughs> he's always like, he makes a joke. Then he like looks around. Like you could probably tell that his homies are like on the side of the like stage. <laughs> you could always see him just like looking around. Wait, is this a thing for Netflix? No, no. He was just on like some live uh, news, local news show. Oh, okay. It was that show. He's wearing a hot dog uh, costume. Oh, in Cleveland? Oh, uh, maybe it wasn't Cleveland. I think it was New York because right. they were doing the Halloween parade. Okay. Right, yeah, Chris Stefano, if you're a comedy fan, um, there's, there's none there. But, <laughs> but Rand, Randy, you said you had uh, started the Pepsi Jet. Yeah, I watched it last night because I was interested. I had no idea that that was a thing that uh, happened. And then the whole first episode really has nothing to do with that. So I was like, should I continue this? Or I really want to know <laughs> kind of what the story is. But yeah, it's definitely like bloated. Man, it's so bloated. You know, Dude. you could have got this thing done. In, you know, 45. You could have made a nice feature film in 80 minutes, man. Dude, was STP? Dead and bloated? Dead and bloated. <laughs> nope, but it was close. <laughs> I don't remember the song. It's fairly I close. I am. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> well, there goes our monetization. Dude. <laughs> uh, Pepsi, where's my jet? Uh, half a star. Can now, you say that was like some southern, like, 
twang and sass. What? Like William Montgomery. Like Pepsi, where's my joke? Don't come in here. Come on. I, I, I know you can me do, it. To do I love it. Other people. Okay. Let me tell you something. William Montgomery's doing a Clark Little impression. <laughs> Let that be no. The last movie I saw is Russell a horror film. What happened? Hell yeah. I know. There was an accident? <laughs> well, technically it's a horror film. Hey, you know, y'all said you didn't talk about a horror film. I would say the Benson and Moorhead is like sci-fi horror. Yeah. It's just not very horrific. Yeah, well, they don't count because I don't view them as real people. Well, if you take a bunch of fentanyl and start becoming scared of airplanes, it could be a horror movie. Also, a Oksana fentanyl. We'll get to that oh, later. Oh, how good is we'll it? We'll get to that later. Okay. Oh, I can tell you. I, I was, <laughs> there were two people in the room and one of them only remembers it and I'll be the witness. Hell yeah. She- <laughs> That's what we call a tease in the industry. Uh, the last movie I saw is a Shudder original. It came out in this year, uh, which is known as 2022, um, three years after COVID-19. <laughs> <laughs> the name of this film is Who Invited Them? You can say it several different ways. So that's one. Another way is Who Invited Them? Randy, what's a way you would uh, interpret this title? Who Invited Them? Russell, oh you go. God. No. Please. No, I'm going to pull a Randy. Oksana, you go. Who invited them? <laughs> there you go. Good. We needed that. that we needed good. that women venom. Yeah. Right there. That's what we were missing. I love the poster for this movie, by the way. Well, you wouldn't like the movie. <laughs> Adam and Margot's housewarming party is a success. One couple linger. Oh, they, they there's a typo. One couple linger. It's one couple lingers, IMDB. Whoa, dude. Who do I who do I send a letter to? There's a typo on the uh, internet movie database. Yeah, get on it, Oksana. One couple lingers after the other guest, revealing themselves to be wealthy neighbors. As one nightcap leads to another, Adam and Margot suspect their new friends are duplicitous strangers. Uh, this is written and directed by first-time feature filmmaker Duncan Birmingham. With five stars on the name, by the way. Yeah. Um, that's very good. Um, man, this movie is just, uh, it's very, very meh. Um, because... <sighs> I don't, I don't, I don't want to approach this. <laughs> here's, 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 you know... Here's my thing, man. Boring is boring, and this is just oh. kind of just not very interesting. Dang. And it tries to be interesting because this is built as a comedy and a horror. Oh, no. So the guy, uh, the lead guy is Ryan Hansen. Now. Oh, one of the brothers. Russell, you may not know Ryan Hansen. Uh, Randy, did you ever watch uh, the Great Stars original program, Party Down? I've seen a couple episodes, yeah, but not the uh, entire thing. He was the blonde guy in Party Down. Okay, I don't know if I uh, remember him. (laughs) Uh, Party Down is a great show. I hear there's a movie coming out. Very exciting. Big Adam Scott fan, but yeah, other than that, I don't really remember the show. Uh, Ryan Hansen, um, he's a comedy guy. Okay, and then we got Tintony, Tintony, <laughs> Timothy Grandineros. See, I was preparing to say Grandineros, and then I just said Timothy. 
Tintony. Um, he's been in two things. No, that's not true. <laughs> Why did they do the known for like it's its own thing? IMDb is uh, getting weird. He's big for 13 Reasons Why. That okay. horrible tween show that I watched and I really don't know why. Okay. And I felt really confused as to why I watched it. I also was creeped out because high school stuff is weird and it was dumb. <laughs> don't watch it. Uh, also, look, this is it's just not very interesting. Here's what happens. Uh, this couple, they buy a new house. They have a housewarming party. Uh, Are you about to spoil it? Uh, I'm telling you the whole fucking All thing. Right. One yeah. Warning. They go to the house. That they're that they live in, <laughs> dude. And then they is there have, a crawl space? <laughs> is the room warm? Wor- Let me tell you something. They're working on it. <laughs> How's the grass? They've got to the they've got to rake the leaves first, <laughs> and then they're going to work on the insulation. Okay. So they had the housewarming party, and they they start to wind down. All right, they had a nice party, but then they hear they hear a rustle. And then there's people still in the house. But here's the other kicker. They don't know who these assholes are. And then they said, hey, motherfucker, who invited you? Oh, dude. And they're like, well, no one really invited us. We're your new neighbors. Welcome to the neighborhood. Also, they get a little weird. They start talking about how they want to swing together. And they start talking about sex stuff. And they actually said that they were banging in the bathroom. Oh. And uh, then, you know, they, they start to, you know, worm their way together. And then they try to, you know, separate them and they bring them back together. And they, they, you can, yeah, there's clear manipulation here. Um, then there's 20 minutes left in the movie. Oh, no. Then we get to the killing. So we get blood uh, a little bit. Somebody slits a throat. There will be blood. Okay. okay. because then they go and they kill the other neighbors so what happens is that the reason why this guy was able to buy this very nice uh well i say very nice it's a mid-century bullshit house from la i hate that shit i hate that fucking mid-century modern bullshit it it's garbage but anyway um, that's, that's what the house they decided to buy. And they got a deal on it because guess what? There was a murder inside the house. A little bit of a murder suey. <laughs> I wish I had a pig noise to play right there. <laughs> <laughs> that worked. It was a husband, wife, murder suey. But guess what? It wasn't a husband, wife, murder, suey, because the two asshole neighbors, they're not a couple. They weren't fucking in the bathroom. I hope they weren't because they're twins and they killed their parents. And now they're <laughs> killing everybody in the neighborhood. Well, this sounds it's, rad, dude. <laughs> so they kill the neighbors and then they're like, we're not going to kill you because you're cool. They said that. Oh, then they tried to kill them. Oh, they're 20. And then they disappeared. I to this day, I, I'll never understand what the ending means. <laughs> they did some like weird freeze frame thing. I don't know what's happening. Don't watch it. You know, damn, that's whack. I thought it was going to be some like doppelganger shit, or like um, they look like people. Did you ever check that out? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a hit or miss. For, uh, did you like it? I don't think you did. Mm-mm. Oh man, I really like that movie. Paper. Yeah, and then yeah, I like that that uh, filmmaker. Oh well, whatever. Won't watch it. Shout Even out. though you did make it sound fun. That's on you, though. Yeah, well, I'm a talented storyteller. What do you want yeah. from me? What are you trying to gaslight our audience? You're like, gaslight. Go watch it. <laughs> All right. Uh, 
Russell John. Yeah. My Oksana Valerinova. You had a whole you had an interesting week. Yeah. And actually, um, I'm gonna start a week prior. Oh god. Because <laughs> All right, Randy, I should have worn my chronograph today. All right, here we go. Start no, the timer. There's just it's a backdrop thing. Um so actually <laughs> I think God, what was it? It was like two months ago or something when you sh- you called me Dusty on the show, and then Terrell went crazy. I didn't call you Dusty. Yeah, my new name. Ashy. 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 Okay. God, you get everything <laughs> wrong. No, but I'm there. You know, I got a lot of complicated equations running through my brain. All these little you like got fun- nothing but tapioca pudding <laughs> running through your head, dude. In IQ, I played Einstein. Okay, <laughs> so I have equations that are floating out my ears. And all these little, like, fun little treats, these little chocolate candies you throw at me. I Maybe I get them wrong. I sound they're pretty good, aren't they? Yeah, they are. I haven't eaten one. Um, You're missing out. Dude. So, yeah. You want another one? So, I... <laughs> or take them back. Okay. Now that, now that the candy is passed, <laughs> which honestly distracted me, I could have kept going. Sound effects. Anyway, uh, Dave O'Shea came over. And uh, me and Terrell participated in probably in three years when Glory Hole season two comes out, we're going to be a part of it. Now, what I was doing again, we're acting. So buckle up. (laughs) (laughs) Honestly, Terrell and his boyfriend were in it. Fantastic. He's just gotten used to being on camera. Me, however. Oh, boy. And I was wearing a lot of makeup. So after you after you called me Ashy Larry on the show. I started moisturizing. You guilted me. I was like, okay. So then, yeah. It all comes from love. So after that makeup, oh, dude, uh, I had a uh, red patch in the shape of an upside down cross on my nose (laughs) that just would not go away. (laughs) Now, you needed to know that because it was getting worse when we were in the hospital for a week. Now, I don't know how much uh, medical stuff we want to get into, but Oksana was, what, we were three weeks away from you uh, having your due date and uh, her blood pressure was very high. So she had a scheduled appointment, went in, they're like, your blood pressure is high. And she's like, Oh yeah, I'm nervous. And they're like, okay, come back next week. It was on a Friday. I just got off work. I had Chris from barely functional gamers in the car. I went, picked up Terrell. We were going to play mixtape massacre. They just had a new release out, went to pick up Oksana from the doctor. And uh, she said, guess what? We're going to Kaiser in Redwood City because I have high blood pressure and they're going to monitor me for two hours. And if it stays high, we're inducing labor tonight. Oh, y'all are in Redwood City the whole time? Yeah. And I was like, uh, we can't do that. We're playing a board game tonight. <laughs> <laughs> so they yeah. said, um, you need to bring bags because you're going to be staying. So me and her, we're just like, what do we do? And we're like, okay, well, we got to drop people off. We're like, Terrell, we'll call you in two hours when we're back. Don't worry. Don't cancel the plans. We came home. We're like, let's pack a bag. And I was like, don't get crazy, though, because we're just it's a it's a superficial bag. We're just showing them that we're here to play ball. Just one day you're going to learn. You're learn one day. So then we drive out there. We got our superficial bag. We're trying to figure out how the fuck to get in here. We had to go through the ER. It's a labyrinth. All these hospitals are a labyrinth. We get in the room, tiny little room. They hook her up to a blood pressure machine. We're there for two and a half hours. And we're both kind of panicking because we're like, we're not ready for this. Our shit was scheduled in two weeks. And <laughs> we're even being a little clever. We we're going to take extra time off so we could like nest, get the house ready. We're like, so we can't do this right now. So I was like, you better chill the fuck out. Slow your blood pressure. Do whatever you need to. 
And they came in and they said, uh, can, we're going to recommend you stay. Like your blood pressure is high. And Oksana was like, can we come back tomorrow? <laughs> like it was, it was like eight o'clock. We're like, we're not ready. Can we like have a night, like just a couple? And she said, mind you, they were taking her blood pressure when the doctor looked at her in her eyes, her whole demeanor changed. And she said, yeah, you could go home tonight if you want your husband to call 911 while you're laying on the floor having a stroke, trying to get an ambulance to take you back here. You can go home. Do you want that? And Oksana was just crying on the bed with the blood pressure being taken. And she was like, yeah, do you want that? And it was like, maybe we should. So then they moved us into a room, giant room. Fantastic. She was, she looked like she was in a fucking X-Men movie hooked up with so many mon Dude, they had like five monitors around her. Yeah. Uh, it was cool. They're like, you, we have a couch, a fold out couch. Is this the first time you've been in a hospital in 40 years? Uh, no, 36, maybe okay. though. That <laughs> to say, and, yes, uh, there are machines in hospitals. No, but dude, but they were high tech. They were flat monitors. Yeah. It's not like the nineties anymore. No, <laughs> but on top of that, dude, it was a nice room. And I was like, we can hang out here. I was like, fuck, we did bring a, uh, we did think ahead. Now, normally my favorite kind of vacation <laughs> is a uh, vacation where we hang out in a hotel room. It's all I ever wanted. Vacation. So I brought a speaker. And she brought a little computer, and it's like, we could watch movies. They're like, we got movies. And we're like, oh. FX has movies. Yeah. So what we did is we flipped around, and she landed on TCM, which is a channel we used to watch regularly. And the thing, you know, if you don't know what TCM is, it's uh, Turner Classic Movies. If you're not a fan of, like, black and white film, it probably won't be for you. But if you ever want to dip your toe in it, jump in on a weekend. Because they have people introing the movies, which changes fucking everything. And when I was watching TCM there, I realized why we did um, Of 24 Hour the way we did. Because we basically did that. Where it's like, here's a movie, we'll set it up for you, and then we're going to roll into it. And then after, we kind of come back, and we'll roll into another one. And it, it just changes the whole format. There's no commercial interruptions. No commercials at all, honestly. They just had their own stuff playing in between. So we threw it on there. Dude. You know, we didn't immediately go there. We looked at Nickelodeon. We're like, oh shit, Nickelodeon? What do they got? Friends. Fucking Friends. What? I was like, where the fuck is Friends what? on here? Weird. They're like, okay, go to Nick Jr. Friends. <laughs> I was like, what the fuck is, what bizarro world are we in? So then we went to like Cartoon Network, and I think it was like um, Futurama. And it went to a commercial, and I was just like, we can't do this. One of them was also showing the new season of Rick and Morty, but I don't know what. Yeah, we couldn't jump into that. Yeah. So it's like the commercials were brutal. I don't know how you do it, Clark. They're not fun. What? It's sports. <laughs> well, also, that's not very fun. anymore. Also, uh, Paul Giamatti appears in a new Verizon commercial as Ebenezer Scrooge. OK, he I'm, gives it his all. I'm missing out. So, again, we we ended up being there for like a week. Uh and basically, we had TCM on the whole time, and every doctor who came in felt they needed to remark on it. Now, I don't know how it is in every hospital. In this one, basically, uh, in California, everybody left because I don't blame them. So everybody is a fucking travel nurse. They're all adventure nurses now. What the travel, again, tra that, that's been a huge thing for a long time. But I mean, everybody, everybody we talked to. Do you know why? Because, because California nurses make bank babies. Oh, I believe it. And yeah. that's and they were all incredibly kind. 
they're the coolest people. So the thing is, it's like, it's good. So if here's the thing, like being in California sucks because yeah, you're getting the money, but it fucking sucks because yeah. it's expensive here. So if you're a travel nurse, they're paying for you already yeah. yep. to stay and you're just banking that money. Do you get a pretty, I know your uncle is one, right? Well, he, no, well, that's what brought him out here to begin with. Oh, okay. Uh, but then he's, he's been, you know, stationed well, <laughs> here for 20 years. Um, but yeah, he was doing it for a long time. And do they get a per diem too? I think so. Dude. Uh, now what he's doing now is, uh, basically assisting people on airplanes when they need to do long international travels. Oh, he's a, I couldn't do or that. Or even domestic. I couldn't fucking do that. Being That's on tough. a plane he, all the time. He's been telling me he's, he's, there's been some challenges. Dude. Um, I again, but they do. They pay for everything. I listen. He gets the miles. It's great. I listened to an old Rogan with Travis Barker on there, and uh, hearing him talk about navigating not getting on a plane because he was uh, the lone survivor of a plane crash. Really? Uh, yeah, you yeah. didn't know about that. No, dude. He most of his body was burned up. He, I guess, he came out Is of that the way plane. He covered his body in tattoos. Partially, I think. Sick. Um, he went through the fucking. He got covered in jet engine fuel. And was on fire, like running. So Jesus. now when they do tours, he takes a boat. He really? internationally, he gets on a boat. Damn. That's how bad. And I was like, wow, I'm not that bad, but he's got a reason at least. Damn. Yeah. So the plane shit, I can't fuck with it. But yeah, no, I had to say it because, you know, like the people I, I love out here in the Bay Area, they're all not from here. Yeah. And I was like, all the nurses that we started talking to that we were like riffing with, they're all from like fucking Georgia. Or like Vermont or something. They're all like oh, Georgia. Yeah, that's close. Yeah, you tell them I said what's up. Oh my God, Europe. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah. Um. Actually, the one who uh, helped deliver the baby was from Georgia, and she and uh, if you're listening, you're fucking the best. <laughs> she was just like, "You've never had a peach from Georgia." She was like, "Oh, you're missing out." And she just was talking about, "Oh, Ooh, the oh. United States, the wait, the presence of the United States of America." Very good, <laughs> Randy. Cut that out. Make him sound funny. <laughs> No, she, anyway, she okay. was also the only one who like recognized the movies we were watching or like she wasn't that mean other people would come in like because a fleet of doctors would come in every shift change and they'd be like hi i'm doc like Ron. hockey well dude they would have like the um what they would have a midwife a doctor then they would have like a phlebotomist they had, it was a, in a, they had a formation they had a midwife on yes the... dude Every shift, they yeah. would walk in and they would show up like she was the president and they they were like you know the avengers like we're here to serve you and they would do and they would yeah. just be like oh you guys like old movies huh and then they were all kind of like laugh and they're like what the fuck <laughs> like, dude practically movies uninterrupted um no commercials you do under, you do understand that we're weirdos in this scenario right I, I that guess. the majority <laughs> yeah. of people do not have personalities they do not have interest I get they it. go to work they are brainless zombies yeah and then when they see something that is not a 2 hour and 36 minute four part documentary <laughs> on Netflix about fucking Pepsi and Harrier jets they don't know what to do yeah it's fair there was one lady who came in and I, you know, I'll just get to it when we get to it. So starting off our TCM extravagant, dude, I feel like I should have had music ready for this. What do I got? Is anything appropriate? Oh, you know what to play. Here we go. TCM extravagant. Should have played the Cobra guitar. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> I should add that into the cool guy cow. Hell yeah. Um. So the first movie I now I should mention uh, this was a high stress situation. 
Oksana was getting like 15 minute intervals between her blood pressure checks. And then when she was doing well, it'd be an hour. And for a long time, they didn't want to put her on magnesium because it was going to make the labor harder. So we were like, it was a tightrope we were on and it was not fun. But the other part of that was, it was the first time I think in years, me and Oksana just hung out together, like not doing anything just in a room. So that was kind of cool. Yeah. So it was bittersweet. (laughs) And we were just watching TCM, which is like what we used to do originally. So the first thing I remember watching was 42nd street. Um, it's weird how Hollywood back in the day used to try and show like a stage play because the camera movement is something that you would never see if you were in an audience at a play like this. Yeah. But they would do a lot of over the head shit and it was almost like synchronized swimming. Um, I couldn't tell you what the fucking movie is about, but I just remember watching and being like, what, what are we, are we flying around while these people are on stage with 142 people kicking? Like they're making the shape of a rose. I don't know. The movie, I don't know. Watch it if you want. The first movie we really watched was The Invisible Man from 1933. Hell yeah. Now that movie's fucking weird. I was in the beginning of this. I'm like, I have to be. That's a that's a mean movie. It's a weird movie. It's about a uh, renegade scientist yeah. who shows up at an inn. And he basically sets up his little meth lab. And uh, the, the the nosy people who work there keep trying to barge in to see what he's doing and um yeah it turns into him versus the police there's not a hero in that movie no and uh, now if you follow me on letterbox i think my name on there is lord battle when i was watching this movie i'm like you know what i'm just gonna give my reviews of these like half committed viewings i'm having and this movie to me felt a lot like uh like there was a modern thread running through it where like if you were like a QAnon dude or if you're antifa and the government was trying to deal with you because what you're doing is you're fighting almost like an ideology. You need more hobbies. Dude. Well, here's the thing. The invisible man's a cool uh, antagonist protagonist because he's invisible. So there's, it's like the trauma, the problems he was causing were very real, but it's not like a tangible thing people could really deal with. So it was like the cops running around, like, what do we do? Where is he? And then like a flower vase would be thrown at him. And yet he was like a scientist. So he had some like theories and he was driven, but I'm like, you could really, if you're going to make a modern one, you could apply this to like Antifa or like, you know, you can't just uh, solve the problem with the government police because it's not, it's like an idea. Like, what are you going to do? Yeah. I don't know. I had fun with it. Very different from what I imagined it would be. Also, uh, had you not seen it before? When I was little and it bored the hell yeah, out of me. Yeah. It's, it's definitely worth a rewatch in that scenario. But in any scenario, I, and shout out to the homie Claude Rains, baby. Yeah, Claude Rains, um, who is mostly you don't see him in the movie no, until well, you, he's you dead. hear him. Yeah, you hear him. You but got, he's got that voice. You only see him after he dies. Uh, spoiler. <laughs> Which <laughs> is a weird thing anyway. It's like what the magic potion wears off after yeah. you pass away, which would imply that there's some like spirituality like tied into whatever. Um now, I know I'm going to be rapid fire. because The Invisible I, Man is the forgotten of the universals. Well, I mean, they, they had the uh, Bloomhouse one, right? Yeah. That was great. Yeah, it was yeah, good. It was really good. Very okay. different. Yeah. Oh, yeah. What's up, Brandy? I felt like you had more there. No, I just think it's really good. It's actually the last movie I think I saw before uh, COVID lockdown in California. Oh, shit. Yeah. Yeah. Year three. 
I like what you did there, Clark. We're in year three because now our calendar has been reset to post-COVID. Right, Dave. Which, by the way, um, when we were doing uh, labor Zoom classes, they warned it's COVID never ended in the hospital. Mm, so yeah. no visitors, no nothing. It changed a little bit. Also, you can tell there's a little bit of a staff versus state going on, which also might be because all the travel doctors, all the nurses were like, we know it's dumb. But I mean, we had visitors, so it was weird. Did, uh, did visitor Q show up? Visitor, <laughs> thankfully, no. But they did take Oksana's, uh, COVID, they gave her a COVID test. And it was weird because we'd already been there for a day. But uh, this doctor we knew pretty well by that point showed up in a hazmat suit. She had two masks on and a face shield. And she went, I know I still have to wear it. It's dumb. And she came up with a giant Q-tip that she plunged in Oksana's skull. And uh, she put it in a little vial. And then she immediately ripped everything off she was wearing and threw it away. And she said, we still have to do that. She'd, like, she'd been in the room for like two days at that point. Yeah. <laughs> but she ripped off everything and threw it away. We're like, oh, so the environment's out when COVID's lurking. <laughs> it was incredible. And, and anyway, um, I know I'm going to be rapid fire here because I am very conscientious, conscientious of your time. And uh, I know. Well, also, uh, I, I got to make a phone call. Before, oh, my so. God. <laughs> The hotlines are always open. You're on the clock, baby. But if you want, just cut me off. Same with you, Randy, if you want to jump in here. Hey, we're an hour 35 in, and we're wide. I mean, how much more you got to talk about? This is November 12th. I think uh, Cliff, uh, whom we love, was born on the 15th, and we didn't leave until the 17th. Okay, you don't have to walk us through every damn thing. We're going through. Well, I didn't. I'm doing it. This is the journey. It's the TCM adventure. Hell yeah. And my shit. Russell, Russell. I mean this from the bottom of my heart. I love you, and this is gonna be—you're not that interesting. I can—I can cut your mic. You're not <laughs> if I that need interesting. To. TCM. <laughs> also, Ben Mikowitz is gonna be calling in later on. <laughs> Wankowitz, dude, you should hear him talk about race relations back in the day. It's like I want to choke him. <laughs> um. Anyway, the next movie we watched was Foreign Correspondent. Ooh. A film I had not watched, uh, Mr. Hitchcock, and I wrote Mr. About- <laughs> Hitchcock. <laughs> I wrote about it on my letterbox, and I honestly don't remember it now. Then we watched Some Came Running. Uh, I remember that being good. Frank Frank Sinatra's in it. Dean Martin. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Next. <laughs> the hell? <laughs> Sorry, that was me. I got a phone call. Apparently. <laughs> <laughs> I hate when, uh, yeah, the phone call rings on the computer. <laughs> why is your ass blowing up? I don't know. I never get phone calls, which is why Wait. this is the first time this has happened. Do you need Wait, to take it? Is that a bit? No, it says potential <laughs> spam. Oh, okay. What the fuck? I don't have I, the, I don't have the uh, iPhone ringtone as a drop yet. Also, spam on a Sunday? <laughs> Do they have no standards? Maybe they're Hawaiian. Guess not. It's, anyway. It's the it's like in the wire, dude. You don't shoot on a Sunday. Then into November, it's the Lord's Day, dude. Um, now again, we were sleeping irregularly throughout this whole thing because we were being woken up at all times. Sure, by nurses. It's hospital. So at it's two a.m. came the inspiration for our new segment, which I know Clark is gonna love when we do it. 
fuck you, fuckball. <laughs> I, yeah. the movie that really lit my fire and made me angry at 2 a.m. Do you know what it is? Come on, baby, lit my fire. Get Shorty from 1995. Never seen it. And me either. But I went, what is this fucking movie? And I, I'm so excited. What? First off, it was in color. It was very jarring. And it was from the 90s. I'm like, what the fuck is happening in TCM late night? Oh, my. I was just like getting angry. And then it was just like, hey, fuck you, you fucking fucking fuck. fuck. And I'm like, you know, that's what I fucking hate. Is it's like there's no substance there. It's all like superficial. I'm a fucking cool guy. It really was Get Shorty. I it, thought it was. Wasn't. I kept saying that. I was like, "Who's this fucking Get Shorty?" And I was just saying, I don't know why that came to me. I've never seen the movie before. Yeah, but dude, I was furious. And then I looked it up to it was Get Shorty. How fucking weird is that? I kept saying that to her, and she's like, "I don't know what Get Shorty is. It's terrible." Travolta. That's what it's like. Yeah, it was Travolta. There's a lot of people in that oh, movie. So many people. And I was just like, fuck this movie. But the, yeah. So as far as like, you know, the, the stereotype as far as, you know, like their language yeah, and their cadence and things like that. Um, shows like The Sopranos, yeah. you know, can pivot and use that beautifully. For sure. Because, you know, you I can, completely agree. Because like, you know, that dialect is special. And if and if you conduct it the right way, like a Lydia Tarr, Randy. Oh, my God. Hell Which yeah. also, uh, we got some uh, feedback from an audience who said you did not do a good enough job setting up Tar and that uh, pushing me to watch. Okay, it. let me explain something <laughs> to all of you scumbags out there listening. I know that I can't win talking about a movie. I know that, so that's why I'm going to do whatever the fuck I want to do, and the rest of you can lick my taint. Yeah, fuck you, you fucking fuck, fuck you, you fucking fuck, Randy. Play the gunshots. <laughs> <laughs> I don't got him. If this might sell you on a uh, tar, though. Oh, God. <laughs> apparently, there is a scene where uh, Lydia Tar is running in the movie um, and Whoa, she hears a scream in the background. Apparently, that clip of a scream is from the Blair Witch Project. <laughs> what? From Heather. Yeah. They took Heather's screen and put it from Why? like the end of the movie. I don't know. It's in the uh, IMDb trivia. Cool. All right, I'm in. Todd Field's a cool guy, man. All right. Play this thing. (laughs) Also, you know, first off, take notes. Randy knows how to talk about film. So write that down. (laughs) Learn from him. Clark looks so bad right now. Anyway, the other thing is that cool guy clip. That's not, I didn't do anything. That's an actual thing. The music, that annoying saxophone swell to the, hey, fuck you, meatball, dick suck. Is that from Get Shorty? And the gunfire. It's just a moment I took. From Get Shorty. Yes. Yeah. I fucking hate it. I okay. I'm with you. 2 a.m. I was very awake. It must be lonely. And then Crashing Hollywood started from 1938 and I fell asleep. I don't remember it. Uh, we're moving through here. <laughs> then I woke up at 2 p.m. apparently, or at least this is when we start paying attention. Oh, so a normal day. <laughs> I wish. <laughs> For the musical rated G film from 1953, the one and only Music Man. Calamity Jane. Oh boy. So Calamity Jane was a real character in Western culture. I believe she was uh, she was around for maybe one of the only quick draws that ever happened in the whole like actual reality of the West. And she I believe she became a performer and started writing around. And if you read a book uh, with like John Johnston, they make fun of these kind of people because they're not actual rough Americans. This movie. What the fuck were we watching? Me and Oksana were looking at each other. So she's she's a 
pretty blonde woman played by Doris Day. I'm in. Who is trying to look butch. She's failing. I'm in. And she's in a town full of 153 uh, 49ers who are just like, hey, this. So the San Francisco 49ers? <laughs> They're just like, hey, this dumb broad. She's a stupid. She's dumb. She's not a girl. <laughs> she's a stupid. Yeah. And so then a play comes to town. And they're smitten. Oh, the play. There's going to be a girl in the play. play. And then there's like cards that people are passing around. Like, woo, look at the woo, 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 And there's like, this girl's in like, I mean, she's completely covered up in what they called underwear back then. And she, like Calamity Jane's like, anybody could do that. I could have done that. That could be me. And we're like, where are we going in this movie? So a terrible stereotype of an Indian hijacks the stagecoach with that girl on it. So yeah, these 49ers, they're fucking thirsty. They've been looking at that card all day oh boy. and it is a card. They're buying packs of cards, trying to get this one card of the girl who's completely covered up. And there's one dude had him. They're all fighting for it. And they're like, she better be on stage. Where the hell is she? And the guy's like pulling his collar, like sweating. Like, what are we going to do? We ain't got a broad. So then they dress up a dude to come out and you're just like it takes so long to get exactly where you know we're going yeah where it's like okay calamity jane's gonna turn out to be a beautiful blonde girl and then everybody's gonna love her guess what that kind of doesn't happen they don't absolutely love her another girl shows up and uh i don't know there's a romance that goes on it's it's exactly what you think it is it's a little bit more thoughtful but yeah that's that um then the fortune cookie came on. Which, oh, yeah. Jack Lemon, which with Walter and Walter, Walter Matthau. Yeah, and um, that felt like such a Clark movie. I don't know what we were doing during that time, but I didn't. People re- loved the fortune cookie. Hey, uh, from what I remember, which is mostly the end, uh, there's a fantastic moment where they're on a football field and they're like throwing a ball around, and I'm like, dude, the drama here is grade A. Like, I wish I was in for the movie. You're talking about Jack Lemmon and Walter Matthau right there. I mean, that is that is cinema's best one-two punch, baby. Hold on, I feel like there were more people in that. There was something else going on in that movie, and it's why they showed it. But have you, have you seen the movie before? No. What the fuck? <laughs> hey, you would like it. I know I would. It's all about, like, the football industry and hiring people and trying to market a player. I think there might be, like, race relations in there. But my um my IMDb isn't loading and Oksana ran out of the room. So we're just going to skip it. Now, my mom had texted me who she regularly watches TCM. And she said, don't miss the movie at nine o'clock tonight. I said, OK, I'll tune in for it. Well, here's the thing. We had the East Coast feed. So at 615, I realized, wait, it's playing right now. And of course, it is Clark's favorite director. You're going to be excited for this one because Joe Dante had a movie showing. Oh, boy. Matinee from oh, 1993. Little John Goodman. I've never seen it. Nor have I. Oh. But it's it's uh, William Castle, right? It's it's so um, it's more interesting than that. It's a group of kids who are going to high school and uh, there's a new guy that moves into town. and He's like a film guy. But like back in the 90s when that was kind of cool still, like now if you're a film guy, it's like who gives a fuck? our lives basically and um the cuban missile crisis is going on so they're living in kind of like a john waters 50s world but everybody's scared that they're about to get nuked and the world is going to end 
You mean like right now? Kind of, but they're in Florida and it's, it well, it is kind of if you were Russian and you were worried about NATO. This is what the whole war is kind of about with the Ukraine thing. Anyway. Don't turn into Tucker Carlson. Very, very topical. And um, matinee. So they're living in a world where everybody is fearful. And um, John Goodman comes to town with a horror movie. And people are like, what the fuck are you doing? Like, you can't show this. Like, people are already terrified. Why would you bring a horror movie? And then he's like, you know, well, I don't have a speech prepared, but there's a crowd gathering outside the theater. And he goes into this long riff. I'm going to spoil something. He hired those people to come out there and complain. Oh, yeah. And then we take a turn. We take a hard left turn here into the world of like um, Corman and um, who the fuck did you just say? Castle. Yeah, Castle. And it's all about the showmanship of putting on a movie. I know. I, it, it, it's fantastic. I would love it. It's um. well, also John it, Goodman is just. You know, I love a showman. And, you know, with TCM, the beauty of it is they have a new host on there because my favorite one passed away. What was his name? Robert Chambers. Yeah. R.I.P. I love Isn't that. that dude. I think so. I was just going to roll with it. But now you, you introduce doubt. They have a new guy on there who looks like he could have been from a 50s movie. Very broad shouldered, wide jaw. I like that guy. He's super mellow. He was talking about matinee and he had mentioned <laughs> what? What are you laughing about? Robert Chambers is a serial killer. <laughs> oh, and he was the guest on episode 11 of our show when Nilo uh, was fired. <sighs> I remember Robert, shout out, who I ran into. Hold on. I ran into Robert Chambers uh, at the Spirit Store and I saw him. Now, Robert, Robert Osborne. There you go. <laughs> okay, Robert Chambers, uh, San Francisco artist, also like a six foot four black dude who wears a leather jacket. The nicest guy. He looks intimidating. But I saw him at the spirit shop and I was like, hey, what's up? I was worried he wouldn't remember me. And he was like, hey, what's up, man? How's the podcast going? I was like, yeah, it's pretty much the same. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. Um, no, so the new host, uh, he was talking about how when Joe Dante called in John Goodman, he was like, hey, we really want to do like a Roger Corman um castle type of production and he was like so he gave him a bunch of trailers because you know joe dante i cut trailers oh he's fucking trailer freak yeah he's guy. trailer trash that's what we call he's him trailer trash this guy <laughs> and so he showed him and john goodman was like i've seen these movies he's like i'm a fan so it was a match made in heaven fantastic movie um yeah i don't know how that one john goodman's an interesting guy man i like him a lot uh roseanne's my favorite show i feel it mirrors my life a lot um so did a lot of America. Yeah, no, why that is true. I played, great. I said it as a joke, but it's honestly very true. Yeah. When, when I was sitting around with my parents with TV dinners, watching Roseanne, Dude. they were doing that on the TV. It's an important too. show. Um, man, I, if she comes back to comedy, I would love to see her live. Well, she's got to stay away from the pills. Or bring them to the show. <laughs> <laughs> it, could, it could help her. I would have fun with that. Anyway, there was a weird pivot that happened. So that played at 6 p.m. And then they turned into Sydney Poitier hours. So they're playing, you know, flower drum song. Guess who's coming don't, to dinner? Hey, don't put that on Poitier, okay? Poitier, hey, I, you know, I don't know. The Did full, they show In the Heat of the Night? I'm, Dude, I'm telling you, they don't do commercials on TCM. Yeah. But they kept doing the reframe. And they have one that, God, I should have pulled the audio because it opens up. It's like, 
hateful and then it's got like uh dw griffith's like birth of a nation like you know the clan birth of a nation. and it's like problematic and then it's got somebody in like uh what a red face i don't know what you call it they're dressed up like an indian but it's clearly like a yeah. white dude and it's just it's like rapid fire that hateful problematic angry like and Our, it's all pictures john wayne is uh genghis khan dude no but that would be good yeah also rogan's favorite movie apparently yeah. no and then you know they would always talk about you know we got sydney he was a good one and there's an interracial movie guess who's coming to dinner which i feel like they showed eight times while we were there didn't catch it one time sorry um all right, let me go through Captain Kids. No, no. They also showed a lot of uh, short films on there. Okay. I didn't realize. Shorty's watching Shorty's Day. Oh, I did. Now, at 6.30 a.m., I did catch most of, which uh, honestly did not help, A Midsummer's Night's Dream from oh, 1935. Yikes. Um, <laughs> this movie is a fever dream. It is like a play, like on a stage. Like the camera doesn't really move around. How was it at 6.30? It was kind of perfect. Yeah. I mean, I wasn't paying attention. I don't give a shit about the I feel like it'd be a good 630 movie. Well, there's like people with like horse heads. Oh, yeah. Who have like their shirt buttoned down. Oh, so it's like they just opened a tunnel in Switzerland? Yeah. No, it is very like that. That's Uh, a good joke for people who are cool. Anybody who watches Tim Dillon clips on YouTube. Um, Not just Tim Dillon. I saw it other places. Yeah. uh I'm sure. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure. (laughs) You're like, I got my ear to the ground. Yeah. Um. No, like one guy was supposed to be like a fairy king or something. So they put like a sparkly effect superimposed over only him in the movie. Hell yeah. A lot of interesting filmmaking. Um, Didn't none of it really stuck with me, though. Uh, We watched Dames, which is from 1934. Another musical. Another. Hey, we're putting on a play. So let's have the camera float above all the people dancing again. I was sitting there like, who? Who who's seeing this? Because you're doing this shit for an aerial view, but the people in the crowd aren't above you. People love a musical. Yeah, but they weren't representing it like we were in the crowd. It was almost like we were God floating around, like, oh, look at the culture. Yeah, I, not what? for me. <laughs> then I <laughs> then I watched the movie The Tall Target from 1951. Oh, that's good. A detective tries to prevent the assassination of President Lincoln during a train ride. That's what I'm talking about. Play directed, the, oh, yeah. directed by Anthony Mann. Play the stinger. Cast Dick Powell. That film was not cool guy shit because it was fucking good. There was suspense. They knew how to craft a film. What's this called again? It was called The Tall Target. Also, you know what else you're going to love? Hour 18 Minutes. Not even a 90 minute oh. movie. It's got all the like um, the aesthetic of like a Hitchcock film. But if Hitchcock's a little slow for you, this movie moves quicker. And, you know, I kept thinking, is this what they were doing with that other fucking train movie that you watched? Cool guys on a train. What was that movie? Bullet, Bullet train. train. Bullet train. I kept thinking Bullet Train. I was like, should I watch Bullet Train now? Because the Tall Target was fucking good. They can make good movies on trains, dude. I'm going to tell you right now. Watch the Tall Target, 1951. It's like a uh, Hitchcock on a treadmill. <laughs> there we go. Um, then what did I watch? By this point, just so you know, we're on Monday, November 14th. I watched Touch of Evil, Orson Ooh, Welles. Hell yeah. Now, I wish I could have sat there and watched more of it. Um, of course, the film nerds in here, you know what Touch of Evil is. Uh, we're talking... Noir. Uh, Great opening scene. Yeah. Tracking shot. Now, here's the thing. I think it was actually part of a block for great opening scenes 
Oh, interesting. Particularly credits, which was a weird thing that TCM was doing. Um, this film, you can tell why Orson Welles was just like different than other directors. The camera moved in his movies. They had a completely different feel. Like you're looking aesthetically at the same shit, but it's just captured in a completely different way. Yeah. Have you ever watched it? No. It's one of those movies. It's been, I probably own it two times. I've never watched it. And I'm sitting here kind of, you know. You own it two times? Probably in a couple box sets. Own me two times, babe. Oh my God. <laughs> I think the last time I saw it was in a community college as well, actually. Yeah, it's dude. been a while. Charlton Heston, Janet Leigh, Orson Welles. Janet Leigh, dude. I always say lay. Yeah, because you won't fucking fuck her, dude. Anyway, I was in and out of that one, and I, I was kind of bummed about it. So I made sure to pay attention for the next movie at 10 p.m. Uh, uh, now, I'm going to give you a hint. Here, here we go. When I realized what we were watching, also in color, also 90s. Ooh. So earlier this episode, I was talking about how they're, it's not like they could get more films because they're kind of limited by the era. It looks like they're creeping into early 90s shit which I'm not against, honestly. But here's a hint. Take a guess who directed it. I had to text Mike Keegan that I was watching it. Richard Linklater. <laughs> Randy, you got a guess? Hal Ashby. Oh, my God. I really thought that was going to be an easy uh, hint. It was a Robert Altman. That was my next guess. The same, actually. <laughs> that was... Um, Shortcuts? Now... Again, uh, I told this story before, but it's one of my favorite. Robert Altman is seriously his favorite director. And uh, after a screening of Finding Nemo, one of the men who worked on the film came out, was talking to Keegan, and he was like, well, who's your favorite director? He's like, Robert Altman. He said, nobody says their favorite director is Robert Altman, <laughs> but in an angry way. And Keegan, weird. when he told me that, he was legitimately mad at this Finding Nemo <laughs> dude who worked on the movie. Anyway, I watched The Player from 1992. Okay. Nice. Have you all seen it? Yeah. Yeah. That's a fucking good. Now, that's movie that could be a cool guy movie. The Bicycle Thief. What? That's all they talk about in The Player. The Bicycle Thief. Oh, then maybe I wasn't paying good enough attention. <sighs> Come on, dude. I was here. You know, it kind of was giving me the found footage vibe where it's the craft. Like everything. Like it's almost. Um, that's, now that's a good movie. I, I do like the craft. No, but, you know, so a frustrated screenwriter menaces a studio executive who eventually kills the writer. I'll just say that. In this movie, there's a, a studio executive who thinks that writers are coming after him to murder him. Now, the thing is, we're, we're this is a cool guy movie, but it's self-aware and it's deconstructing it. Yeah. So imagine the tone of David Lynch. But, you know, the kind of shit that happens to him is he'll get in the car where he has a fax machine. And the facts will print out. It'll say, oh, we left you a present. And then some arrows come out and the paper falls on the floor to a tarp. And he lifts the tarp and there's a box. It says, don't open till Christmas. So he opens the box and there's a rattlesnake in it. And in my head, I'm like, now that is cool guy shit. But when you frame it, we're a studio exec who a group of writers thinks murdered another writer. Yeah. If you have a group of writers coming after you, this is this is the that's a perfect territory for bonkers weird shit. Fantastic film. I had to text Keegan. I was like, dude, I'm watching the player right now. Was Which, this in the uh, good opening shots block as well? Because I remember that having a great tracking shot in the beginning. I think so. 
You know what? Let me let me skip it. Yep, it totally was. Also, is this the, your first Altman movie outside of fucking OC and Stiggs? <laughs> <laughs> Gotta Which watch Nashville. Did, that one is um, uh, Keegan's fault, too. He showed it as part of Weird Wednesday. Wait, yeah. Randy, what did you say? Did you say something about one of my favorite movies of all time? Yeah, I said he's got to watch Nashville. Bro. It's great. You have to watch Nashville. Um, So, I uh, was texting Mike, who, again, if you're... Now, if you're a longtime listener of the show, and we've had him on a couple times, he was the program director at the Alamo. He uh, departed to do the family thing. So he's got a couple of beautiful children now, and he was stoked that we were in there, uh, you know, waiting for labor at any moment. So he said, I'm giving you some different Altman recommendations in a weirder order because you're a true head who can handle severe shit. So he gave me 10 movies to watch in order of Robert Altman. I just thought I I should share this with y'all. All All right. Number one, um, McCab and Miss Miller. McKay. McKay. Number two, Secret Honor. Oh, dude. Okay. I I have that on. Do you want to watch these? I I have. I've seen Secret Honor. Well, I mean, just in general. I don't know if you would like Secret Honor. Okay. Well, I trust Mike. Keegan's got a good taste and we hung out a lot back in the day. It's a one man play. Okay. Well, he told me this is, not, you know, Philip like Baker. I, like I just read. So number three, The Long Goodbye. Mm-hmm. Number four, Three Women. That's cool. Sh- that, that's that's the constructed yeah. cool guy shit. Oh, The Long, Long Goodbye. Yeah. Okay, yeah, I'm into totally. that. Uh, three Women, me and Oksana did watch at the Roxy. Oh, that's right. They yeah. showed it, and I loved it. Good job. Shelly DeVault, dude, so good. Also, I feel like Altman is kind of like David Lynch, at least with the films I've seen, except he's not trapped in the David Lynch-like skin. Like there's more, but he's got that vibe, that tone, that like eerie kind of off, but you're still in a technically good movie. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I don't know. He feels a little bit more like um, diverse uh, than number five. Come back to the five and dime. Jimmy Dean, Jimmy Dean. No idea. Oh, neither of you no know. Clue. That, yeah. That's that's tight. <laughs> number six, MASH. Okay. Number seven, OC and Stiggs. Yeah. Number eight, Thieves Like Us. Um, I, I haven't seen that one. Thieves Like Us. Yeah, I, Thieves the, Like Us. The inflection I gave it was like, Thieves Like Us. Like I almost added a comment in, or yeah. comment in there. Yeah. Thieves Like Us. Oh, I thought it was like Thieves Like Us. It doesn't matter. It's like, <laughs> it it's like who invited them? Yeah, who invited them? We'll never know. Um, number nine, Fool's Gold. Mm-hmm. Little, little uh, Jack Nicholson. And then number 10 is Nashville. Of course. And he was saying, watch him in that order. Just it will set like a palette and the correct tone. So, uh, so does that make Nashville the headliner? Today? Yeah, pretty much. Nashville is perfect. Yeah. And I think you would agree. With um, that. And I will tell you, the ending of Nashville is the greatest ending in movie history. I'll take your word. Don't you it. fucking ruin it. Okay. It involves. Don't shut the hell up. I mean, I wish I could turn my <laughs> headphones off. All right. So after that, again, fantastic film, The Player 1992. I highly recommend watching that, especially if you're a found footage fan and you like seeing somebody play with the, the craft of filmmaking, which is, yeah, I mean, it's, it's good. Then we rolled into another movie that I watched most of, similar theme, Pillow Talk, starring Rock Hudson and Doris Day. A man and a woman carry their feud over the telephone line they share into their real lives. Now, there was something called a party line back in the day. This was 1959. So I guess they, so I guess Rock Hudson, who was a player, he was a pianist, and he would seduce women with songs that he would tell them he wrote for them. 
And well, then Rock Hudson allegedly put his penis in other pianists. Oh, was he gay? Oh, yeah, he was Oh, he guy. was way too handsome to be straight. Oh, yeah. I, I was a fan. I'm like, he's Rock a Hudson? beautiful man. Dude, he's, and he's like the perfect, like, kind of 50s dude. Oh, yeah. Like, barrel chest, broad shoulder, tall guy. Gaping asshole. Uh, could do a southern accent on the drop of a dime. <laughs> Hell, yeah. Which he does in this movie to trick the lady that he's sharing a party line with into thinking that he's not the man he is. And uh, guess what? She falls in love. Of course she did. Dumb broad. Well, here's the thing. He was fucking. He had a button that would lock his front door and his couch would turn into a bed and lights would come down. It was kind of perverse. I'll just say that. It was a little offended. Um, I don't know why. I hung with this whole fucking movie. And it is just a light, oddly um, passionate comedy. Well, it sounds like the Van Wilder of its day. Now, this movie... um, I'm shocked Randy didn't chime in to say that it also had a good opening. Um, it it lampshaded a dude who was never really known, but everybody knew because he had one of these like disembodied credit scene openers where it's like people with pillows and they're throwing them around and then the words would appear over the pillow and it was like kind of complicated. I guess that dude, that's all he did is he would come to your movie and make you an interesting opener. And uh, he passed away a few years ago, and they kind of memorialized him here. Oh, jeez. Yeah, but it was weird. I I learned something, and I already forgot it. So then we roll into the next movie, which I, God, if I could erase my brain to forget this fucking film. Oksana had to look over. You were out. At some point, I think this was, do you remember the player? Was this Fentanyl Night? I remember most of it, yeah. Was right. this Fentanyl Night? So Fentanyl Night. If it was Monday, then yeah, probably. Uh, it was Tuesday. Yeah. Okay. So we're a brief, brief little side here. We'll, we'll, uh, pull into the rest stop so I could tell you, <laughs> take you a journey with fentanyl. Um, Oksana, God, we were, we were inducing labor. So they're trying to give her contractions. Uh, good news. They started to hurt a lot, which is a good thing we wanted, <laughs> but, uh, bad news. They were hurting a lot. Yeah. So she said, what can you give me? And they're like, we got fentanyl. Now, if you're from the Bay area, you, you're, you're the dance you've had with fentanyl is one that probably inspires anger in you because everybody out in the fucking street who's acting belligerent, crazy, passing out naked or taking a shit on the street, uh, they're partying with fentanyl. So after convincing Oksana that the dose was so low, like, don't worry, it really helps. It won't affect the baby in any way. She took it. And she became one of those street people immediately. <laughs> she started nodding. She, it was instant. And I was just like, holy <laughs> shit. I felt like you were mainlining heroin or something. <laughs> so anyway, I was incredibly worried. I'm just like, well, she's resting, but I want to be here in case she woke up. So that explains why I watched Pillow Talk. And honestly, it's probably the movie I paid most attention to. And so she was nodding off, which is why she didn't remember the highly um how do i want to put it the animated opening animated did that give you a hint what? 1987 oh so we're talking about the movie that the you next hated. movie yeah the movie i hated it's animated in 1987 only the opener which is why it was so memorable cool world with brad hey, pitt close kind of the same vibe it was who's that girl starring madonna i have no idea oh what my this god. movie is oh my god i fucking hate this movie <laughs> A hapless New Yorker's rich father. Hold on. Let me read that again. A hapless New Yorker's rich future father-in-law orders him to escort a bleach blonde outpatient. Oh, my God. You know, 
Can you pull that up and read the whole description? Do you have it on IMDb? Because I actually need some context for the shit that I watched in that movie. The life of an uptight tax lawyer turns chaotic when he is asked to escort a young woman newly released from prison who persuades him to help prove her innocence. Here's the thing. If you know Madonna the way I know Madonna, you're like, okay, she was a pop idol in the 80s. Um, Beautiful girl, talented singer, and she did some movies. I never watched any of them that I remember. Dick Tracy. Okay, I did watch that one. I haven't watched it in a long time, but I did like that a lot when I was little. It's great. Here's the thing. This movie, she's in like a women's prison, and she's the tough girl. And she's like, get the fuck away from me. And she's like punking people, but they also love her. Except here's the thing. Madonna, not that pretty. Madonna, not that tall. How would that Madonna, hate? not that good of an actress. So here's Madonna's the Madonna's pretty. I'm not into her. I, dude. She's obnoxious. Rewatch Dick Tracy, dog. <laughs> okay, maybe. This movie, I fucking hated her. And she's 80s to the T, which I actually kind of like. But th- so they let her out. They have this giant warden. Who they're doing some like a butch caricature of, right? And like, yeah, you're out of here. And she turns around and punches her. Madonna punches her in the face. The warden falls down, gets back up, and it's like, that you're going back to jail. And then people behind her in the cells are like, wait, think about it. Do you really want her back here? Just let her go. And she's like, all right, get out of here. And I'm like, oh no, what is this movie? So then the the goofy tax attorney who's uh, going, who actually uh, signed a comically large, uh, what is it? Not an emancipation. What is it when you get married and somebody doesn't want you to take all their money? Prenup. A prenup. Prenup. Prenuptial agreement. I didn't sign It's like I have to teach you how to be a human every week. So the prenuptial agreement. Yeah. Uh That the mean father-in-law is like, here, sign this. Also, you got to go pick up a client. He drives out there. She gets behind the wheel of the car. Zaniness happens as she breaks every law you can possibly. She's playing Grand Theft Auto in this movie. Hell yeah. But it's not fun. No, no. It's fucking annoying. She's like, we're going to the mall. So they go to the mall and she's buying. She's stealing. She's Madonna. She's got to be at the mall. Dude, it's fucking irritating. It's god awful. I fucking hate this movie. And dude, there's a weird turn where it gets kind of like edgy Harlem. She takes him out to Harlem to meet a guy because she wants to buy a gun. But this guy's got, he looks like one of the, um, oh my God, Escape from New York. The guy with the spiky hair never wore a shirt. He's yeah. the Midnight for Maniacs logo out here that Jesse Hawthorne fixed. He looks like that, like a legitimate heroin addict. Know, and he yeah. rolls out a bunch of guns on the bed, but it's shot differently. Like even, like it feels like we're in a gritty movie now, like a penis might show up at any point. Oh. And it's like, what are we doing? And she, she gets a gun. This movie's garbage. Um, great opening scene, though. I can't believe you're going to give this much negative commentary <laughs> about the great Weird Al Yankovic's first wife. Oh, I know. <laughs> but see what he, she did to him. That's true. Yeah, awful. Um, okay, I'm going through here. I'm almost done, I promise. But I think there was another movie. Oh, then we get into the Randy block, where... Uh, Randy Block. I watched a movie from 1958 called Ashes and Diamonds. Have you ever seen that, Randy? I don't think so. It sounds kind of familiar, though. Um, the story of a Polish resistance fighter who assassinates the wrong man. Oh. This is like gritty, foreign, um, beautifully shot, subtitled, um, which was almost like a death knell. Being dubbed? 
Oh yeah, B and Dub for sure. And I believe this block was curated by both of your best friend, uh, Martin Scorsese. Where he's like, hey, Italiano. So there's a bunch of foreign films here that um, they range from from high art, beautiful crafted film to pinky out on a glass of tap water pretension, kind of like, what the fuck are we doing? And I just kept thinking, Randy probably knows this movie. Um, there was the gospel according to St. Matthew, uh, Jules and Jim, Randy, when that came on, I was like, I bet Randy's watching this right now. Wait, nope. why does it say there's no director available under there? What the fuck? <laughs> Isn't that just true foe? It is. Yeah. You have a goddamn poster on the wall. Mike. <laughs> I do. Yeah. So yeah, Jules and Jim from 1962. Um, if you watch this movie, you will understand how Randy dresses himself every day. <laughs> Two friend. Two friends, the German Jules and the French Jim, fall in love with the same woman. That's the movie. Hell yeah. Then there was a documentary after called My Journey Through French Cinema. Have oh, you ever yeah. watched it? I, I think I've seen parts of it. I don't think I ever finished it. All right. I might have been tired, but I thought you were actually in the documentary. <laughs> <laughs> in front of your Jules and Jim poster. Um, uh, Pride and Prejudice popped up. I didn't watch it. Uh, I think we're about done. We're on the 17th. There was a movie, Nicholas and Alexandria, which uh, was from 1971. It's about a Russian um, Cesar. <laughs> I, I just looking at Clark. I know. I, know. You, <laughs> I knew you see sometimes. I'm sorry. I know. All right. You were I too know. you were too quick for me. Um, Marie Antoinette played. Again, the, I, the Sofia Coppola film. The, the last movie that I actually paid attention to which was, I believe, the last one we watched before we left, was a movie called Ice Station Zebra. Have you guys heard of that? No. From 1968. Do you guys hear about this? It's two and a half hours long. Oh, God. A submarine commander on a a perilous mission must ferret out a Soviet agent on his ship. I want to watch more submarine movies. Is this good? um, Here's the thing. Totally reminded me of The Thing. Oh, tight. Because, it. well, here's the thing. Do you remember when we watched Black Sea? Yeah. A yeah. lot of that, too. That's a good movie. Because it's America and it's Russia. I like a submarine movie. So they're going out to, like, Antarctica, and they're trying to find a British ship that is wrecked. Oh, boy. But it had intelligence on there that America didn't want the Soviets to get. Of course it did. But neither of them know how to navigate being trapped under an iceberg. That's what I'm talking about. So they have to team up. I love it. Dude, I was like, I've never heard of this fucking movie. Is it good? It was cool. It's very... It's very like Planet of the Apes looking where it's like, here's a big budget. Oh, yeah. But then it's like, man, I just watched Orson Welles, who shot shit on the street. And it looked so much more natural and better than like these fake icebergs. But like, it was cool. Um, I feel like John Carpenter must have been thinking about this movie when he made it. There's one of the guys in it. I was like, dude, was it Ernest Borgnine? No, I can't remember. One of them's in Escape from New York. Yeah, it but was but I was like, dude, he's in the thing. I'm like, it's a direct connection. And then she was like, no, she was playing the producer role in the Hell yeah. in the hospital. <laughs> so what's this called? Iceman Thick Box. It's called Ice Station Zebra. Ice Station Zebra. It is two and a half hours long, so you know it's a little bit epic. You're not gonna talk about the the movie we watched on our like <laughs> date night. No, I was gonna get there. Okay, so I again I was thinking because yeah. I'm always thinking about the podcast. I was like, I got to watch an actual movie that I can talk about. It's got to be a horror movie, and it's got to be topical. 
And I just discovered as I took the remote for the first time. Oh, I should mention the TV we were watching this on was probably 50 feet away on the other wall from the bed she was in. Yeah. Also, all the sound was coming out of the remote control. What? Yeah, because all of the all the audio came out of a little speaker on the back of the remote control. Oh god. So it was kind of a nightmare. Also, we did watch submissions for us on a computer with the speaker we had hooked up, and there was a lot of screaming. And the nurses came in at one point, because mind you, this is a real fucking speaker now. Yeah. They're like, what were you guys watching before? They could hear it in the hallway. <laughs> yeah, you're welcome, y'all. Yeah. Plebs. You watch things very loud. <laughs> yeah, that's how I want to be immersed. No. Anyway. We I, all have to work together. Right? <laughs> it's like, you know, submarines under ice. Mountains. <laughs> I was waiting. You hadn't disappointed. I couldn't think of glaciers, so I said ice mountains. It works. Um, Astro Crag. Ooh. That's what I would have went with. Now, I saw them open up for... <laughs> what the fuck? Clearly. You have been talking for an hour, I asshole. Know. I've been excited. I wanted to hang out with y'all. It yeah, was TCM. Well, you fucking buried okay. your lead here. I got one more. And it wasn't TCM because when I took the remote, I realized there was a button we'd been overlooking. It was titled movies. <laughs> <laughs> so I clicked the movie button and uh, lo and behold, they had movies. movies. Oh, boy. Uh, they had fantastic genres, too. New, popular, action and comedy. <laughs> That's what I'm about. That was it. So uh, I was like. Oh God, this is, I'm glad I didn't know about this before. So I was going through action, which action just means comic book now. Oh God. It's all comic book movies. Damn. So what a sad I was world. like, is one of them a horror movie? And they had a horror movie called Morbius. Sorry. Oh <laughs> my So I watched goodness. it. Oh my God. Now I know this has been long and honestly, there's not a lot to say about it. If you're into like movies that are going off the rails, you know what? It's kind of fun. Because that's exactly what that fucking movie is. I think people are just done with Leto. Why? Did he like... He's a sociopath that has a cult. No. Yes. I thought that was the Green Arrow. No, no, no. He has, a, he has a sex cult thing. He does too? Yes, yes, yes. Randy, um, who who's the uh, DC guy that has a movie coming out? Was it the Ezra Flash? Miller. Yeah, he's the one with oh, the fucking yeah, yeah. cult. He, no, he's... They are different. But they're a cult, right? I they think have he had their own or something. Control. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So we get a movie. Jared Leto and Ezra Miller are under an iceberg and they have to team up. Dude, but there. they're both going to find the Maltese Falcon, which, uh, you know, there might be a spy among each of their groups. We don't know. Anyway, the 30 Seconds to Mars singer is a vampire in this movie. But, dude, oh, God. So there's one moment in the film that I think captures everything. He's in a, like, imagine if the X Men had a school for gifted kids, except they were all going to die. Yeah. So they're all constantly monitored, which a lot of the movies we watched all took place in a hospital too, which was kind of not the best vibe. Yeah. But he was in a comically stupid looking hospital and he was next to a kid and they have this awful conversation. What was his name? He had a, he had a vampire name. Lucius or something. Yeah. He's like, I'm Lucius. And he's like, no, you're Moby. What, what was it? Moby or it was something and he was like he's like I'm, milo. I'm milo moby no well he was like no you're milo and he was like no and he's like no you're just another milo because there was milo and he's gone then there was milo two and he's gone he's like you're milo four 
And he was just like, oh, why are you so down? Anyway, they become friends. But there's a moment where his machine that's keeping him alive, which they never explain. Here's the problem with these big budget movies. What is the machine he's hooked up to? Anyway, it malfunctions and uh, Lucius just crumples over. He just goes, oh. And like, so then fucking Morbius is just like, oh, no. Good thing I'm a super genius. So he takes his pen, pulls it apart, gets a spring out, opens up the machine, replaces a like what looks like a level for a table with the spring, starts back up. The kid comes back to life. And um, next thing you know, he's being called in the office. And he's like, there's a dean there or something. He's like, a fleet of scientists got together to make that machine. And you fixed it with a ballpoint pen. And he's just like, huh. And he's like, you know, I think I could get a grant for you to go to another school for gifted kids. Oh my God. And it's just like, what are we doing? So then he, they fly him off. There's a cut to him in like the Amazon with a crutch. And he's like bringing a fleet of like adventurers into a cave. And they're like, what are we doing here? We shouldn't be in there. And he's like, no, I have a plan. And then there's a bunch of bats. <laughs> this is the movie we're dealing with. And I realize it's old. But back, Lucius, you know, uh, Milo, he's like, he gets a letter. It's like, oh, dear Milo, I'm writing from you. I'm going to cure our problem. I'm going to fix it and we'll be good. Don't worry. And then the wind from his room takes the letter outside and he goes, Oh no. <laughs> so he goes outside where three bullies have found the letter and they're like, they're reading it and they're all laughing, like patting each other on the back. Oh. And he goes, give me my letter back. And they're like, this is your letter. You're an idiot. So they beat him up. But As then should. somebody shows up, he hits one of them with a the crutch. They fall down and he starts stomping him. And it's like, Oh, okay. So this movie's about two vampires who are best friends and then they split and then that's going to be the fight at the end, which happens. The thing you didn't see happening is that Milo Lucius, he becomes a mob boss in New York. What? So Morbius shows up and he has to go through security and he's like, what's up with all the security? And he's like, times are tough out here. I don't know. He's doing criminal dealings, but he's also funding all the research that Morbius is doing. This movie is a fucking shit show, but it was a lot of fun. I wish, honestly, I wish we could have watched it as a group because it would have been a lot of fun. I'd never watch this. Why? Well, I don't know. You like your superheroes in tights. That's why. You're like, I got to check their no, bulge. Because as, as we've talked about on the show, I am team Venom, baby. <laughs> they did have Venom and I almost watched it. Venom is way better. I, I clicked into it and then it was Venom. Uh, Beyond Carnage. That's yeah, the one. Don't watch the, the first one. Oh. No, watch the second one. But I wanted continuity. No, oh, please. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Two is. I needed context. Two dude. is good. I, I literally, I backed out and I went with Morbius. I like two. All right. Well, I'm done. Uh, my my voice is given out. Yeah. And, you uh, talked for an hour. Yeah. I, I've. Have you ever heard the show before? <laughs> but it, it sucked <laughs> more this time. All right. Well, uh, during all of that, you had a child. <laughs> At so, some point. So baby, I, baby's good. Well, here's the thing. I was trying to filter out all the, the good stuff so that we could talk about that. I understand. Do you want to hear about Oksana being spread eagle, <laughs> grunting as a parade of strangers walk through the door? And I'll tell you right now. I don't grunt. <laughs> <laughs> no, she was too high on fentanyl. She was drooling. No, the thing is, um, the you know, we weren't even officially parents yet, but that fucking who gives a shit, like, 
nudity stops becoming entertaining yeah. and it starts just becoming practical at a certain point. Sure. So it's like the stranger coming in. It's like, who gives a fuck? Like, yeah. Like what? What are you looking at? You got one too. There like, was a that's terrified med student who like. Oh, dude, <laughs> fuck! How did, so in one of those Avengers V form fleets, they had a dude in the back who wasn't in the V form, and his arms were crossed, and he looked uncomfortable. Yeah, and it was like, what's up with that guy? He looked like, like eighteen. He looked like eighteen, and uh, they're like, and oh, eighteen. He's a student. He's here to learn, and he looked fucking terrified i made eye contact with him the second time he came when he was leaving and i just gave him a head nod it was it was the highlight of the whole trip oh, what don't are you playing power games with future doctors Dave? i was like what's up dude <laughs> he's dookie hauser he's gonna have a better life than i did dookie hauser <laughs> dude i'm married to a fentanyl abuser okay Hell yeah. but i love you I would hope. <laughs> I love how you found fentanyl after the child. <laughs> All right. Uh, okay. So like we said before, um, you know, we're going to try this whole one show a week thing out. Uh, that doesn't mean that we're not going to continue giving you the greatest interviews you've ever heard in your life. We will still do that. Yeah, I'm kind of bummed. We had to cancel a couple that I was really looking no, no, forward no. to. No, 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 no. We've had to postpone. I get it, a but couple. the timing was perfect. The movie was coming out. It's, it I will know. still happen. I know. For whatever reason, the child wanted to come early. And so they looked out. I, honestly, I don't think he did. He, did not. <laughs> he, well, he was chilling. Like He's here. Yeah, he's here. And he's cool. He's cool. And he does the best baby impersonation from Eraserhead. <laughs> Very good. I'm gonna get I'm gonna get some audio of it. He's actually hurt your impersonation. I used to think that was good. Now I feel like it's You know what? I, let me tell you something. I've lost it. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see you next week. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Overlook Hour. And if you would like to hear more please subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or whatever your podcatcher of choice is. And while you're there, go ahead and give us a rating and or a review, which is a very easy way for you to support this show uh, that we bring to you every week for years now, free of charge. And as always, you can find us on YouTube at The Overlook Theater, Instagram at The Overlook Theater, Facebook at The Overlook Hour, and Twitter at The Overlook Hour. Last but not least, you can send us your emails and tell us how much you like or dislike the show at overlookhour at gmail.com. And if you're nice, maybe we'll uh, read them on the show. I've been your engineer, Randy Stat. Please join me along with Clark, Russell, and Oksana again next time. Bye. <laughs>